It's time for Mac Break Weekly. Alex Lindsay's here. Andy Anako's here. And filling in for Renee Ritchie for the next 10 or so years, the inimitable Jason Snell joins the Mac Break Weekly panel. Lots to talk about. Mac OS's lockdown mode. In fact, we've now got public betas for all the OSs. We'll talk about whether it's time for you to try it. There's a lot more to come as we welcome Jason Snell to the Mac Break Weekly family. Next. Podcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. This is Mac Break Weekly, episode 826. Recorded Tuesday, July 12th, 2022. Snelled it! This episode of MacBreak Weekly is brought to you by Collide. Collide is an endpoint security solution built around honest security. You can meet your security goals without compromising your values. Visit collide.com slash MacBreak to learn more and activate a 14-day free trial today. No credit card required. And by... Our Crowd. Our Crowd helps accredited investors invest early in pre-IPO companies alongside professional venture capitalists. Join the fastest growing venture capital investment community at ourcrowd.com slash MacBreak. And by ExpressVPN. When your phone carrier tracks you, that's a gross invasion of privacy. You can keep letting them cash in on you or... Visit expressvpn.com slash MacBreak to get the same VPN I use. Take back your online privacy today and use my link to get three extra months free. It's time for MacBreak Weekly, the show where we cover the latest Apple news. And uh, there's some news actually on uh, our part. But first, let me introduce Mr. Alex Lindsay of officehours.global. Hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. hello. Yeah. Uh, you are, uh, of course, at 090.media. If people, we were, we watched this morning at 7:30 a.m. the NASA feed of the first five images from the James Webb Telescope, which were mind-boggling. But during the feed, we're going. They should have called Alex. <laughs> <laughs> they should have called yeah, Alex. What a mess! It's hard. Mess. It's it's hard. Doing, yeah, it's it's doing live events, especially live virtual events, is really. Hard. you know and, and that's why we get up every day and talk about it you know uh seven days a week is because we're it's hard to do and yeah it takes a lot of thinking so nasa 090.media just you know a hint <laughs> they, for, they, for they, next they, time they have my number they didn't have like it's people's microphones weren't on the, the at one point the the presenter says somebody else is talking and you can hear a loud and clear saying i'm hearing other people's voices in my ifp what's going on it's like yes yeah, so are we uh you know, the hardest part the hard in fairness i don't know what happened in there i didn't see it because i was in office hours um but uh the hardest part with all of those things is clients and that could be and all the hosts don't think that they should have to show up early to make this all make sure that this oh, all works yeah. it is like the number one problem Reversal, so you, baby. you set everything down now what we do to make that different is that we put actors or other people in the crew in there and run the whole thing yeah. you know pretty almost verbatim yeah. uh, before they come in to make sure that all because it's really hard if they don't show if they executives don't, don't want to show i understand presenters so kind of fill that in presenters should yeah. know better but you know hey uh yeah. with the pictures were great the web worked really well andy anako's <laughs> also here saw you were at the boston public library this week nice shot on your insta 
Yes, now that's that's terrible because it's the other. That's the other. There was a good change and a bad change that the studio made uh, during the pandemic. The good uh, since the pandemic, the good change was that now I can actually like do like Zoom remotes, so I could use my nice microphone and the nice broadband, and the nice studio. So if I don't want to come in, but I want to come in, but it brings in the bad thing, which is oh, now we're streaming on YouTube, which means that I have like just just like I had to shave before the show. Like, damn it, I have to like I have to look nice for 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 npr like okay that's so they're that doing video and now uh, which is good we'll get that link uh before yeah, the they, end of the show they, they, they've always they've always had cameras so that if they want to do like the on the they have a pbs channel as well so if they want to do t- tv but now it's like oh by the way we're live streaming so like oh okay so oh. i guess so so, mm-hmm. so i guess I, I guess that now people can actually see that what i'm saying yeah i i I think that it was in 2009 when the EU actually passed this new like they actually, you can actually see me like I think it was in 2009 when the <laughs> EU that can't be right. So now you know I have a strategically placed computer in front of me that's tilted <laughs> exactly. at exactly the angle that no one can see what I'm doing and I sound smart. There you go. Uh, Andy great to have you. Now we have a problem. Houston uh, there's this empty seat uh, on the panel because Renee Ritchie, who is, by the way, in the Discord, if you want to wish him uh, luck, Club Twit members, uh, has passed on. What? <laughs> no, no, he's not. He's he's moved to a, a higher plane. No, no, wait a minute. That's not right. We're, we're, we're joking. He's only dead to us. <laughs> uh, uh, he is. We still don't know. And he says, uh, what did he say? The release hasn't gone out yet. But uh, as, as soon as as soon as the release goes out, we'll tell you where he is now. Uh, of course, he's still at YouTube.com slash Renee Ritchie. But we thought, well, who could we get with Renee's stature in the Apple community, uh, his inside knowledge of what's going on, uh, funny, talented, gray-haired, who could we get? And I'm so <laughs> thrilled to welcome Jason Snell as a regular. Hello. I've been trying to get you in this show for years, decades. Hello, Jason. Welcome. It, it's good to be here. It's an honor to uh, succeed, Renee. I, I mean, he uh, ten, 10 years on a podcast is a pretty Long big uh, thing to do. And we all, I know Renee going way back. We all love Renee. It's, uh, it was on, an honor to be asked to do this. You have a lot of other things that you're doing. So I'm honored that you could make, <laughs> frankly, could make some time to be here a couple hours a week. So thank you. I really appreciate sure. it. Sure. And I, th- today I just happened to be in the neighborhood. I actually live not that far away from the Twitch studios. 20? So that was about half an hour. Half about an hour half. away. Wow. Yeah, Never quite a commute. <laughs> I, I, I work out of my garage. So this was, yeah. it's like, oh, this is what a commute is like. It's a so nice bit. to so see you. I, it's great to be here. You know, Jason's been on our shows since, you know, practically the beginning of Twit. Uh, you have sixcolors.com. In fact, I think when you started with us on Twitter, you were still at Mac World. Oh, yeah, for sure. In fact, I remember distinctly being on the first iteration of Mac Break. Yeah, the video the version. Day, the video version. Yeah, with Alex. In, in, the, in the old. Well, and even days. before that, of course, days, a regular call for help on Tech TV. That's, That's right. where we met. That's so right. I've known you for 20 years. Wow, that is. Yeah, because I was I was an editor at Macworld, and we were we were down... Uh, that was a long time ago because we were down on Howard Street yeah. back then before we even moved Walk to Second over. Street. So that was a that was a long time ago. Yeah, <laughs> that's and nice. of course we shared a my, Jerry Day, who I went to kindergarten with, was one of your producers. Oh, that's right, <laughs> back in the day. Jerry so. now runs the film production for some small town in the <laughs> up in Tuolumne County, I think. Yeah, for, for Tuolumne County. Yeah, 
Kind of a slow, di- slow bit, slow job. But you know, uh, when movies need to be made, somebody has to be they, there to make they, them. Uh, Tuolumne County is where we both grew up. Is a great way. I didn't know we were going to be talking about this, but it doubles for the Old West a lot. So ah, a lot so of there is a lot, a of, lot of film production up there. Okay. It, if you need to pretend that you're in the Old West, yeah. Well, I'm glad I have a Jerry Day expert on the panel. Yeah, it's Thank good. You. I know that was that needed to be just a shout out to Jerry. He's out uh, there somewhere. It is so uh, seriously. Uh, it, it, uh, replacing uh, Renee is tough because he has such great connections and such knowledge. But uh, uh, we couldn't do any better. Yeah. I don't think ever than getting Jason. Now, of course, you were good friends with Andy and Alex yeah, as well. I mean, so. I, yep. I, I, was, I was like, I was, I, I went. I often usually take my afternoon walk like right after the show, and so I just found out about Renee leaving right after the show. So I'm taking my hour long walk, and unfortunately. As usual, your your thoughts are inside your head, which is a bad, bad thing. And I'm thinking, oh, geez, what a surprise! I was too bad. And I'm thinking about how much I was going to miss, uh, like for having my nice two hour conversation with my, my really good friend, like Renee, because it leaves me energized. Just like with, with all of you guys, I, I, I'm energized. It's like it's very, very pleasant. Like, oh, geez, I'm going to really miss that. Then when I find out that Jason uh, is going to be filling that slot, I mean, Jason and I have been friends for so long. I, he's probably sick of me saying it, but so long that he's the person who told me how to uh, bold face things in html that's how long we've known each other yeah. uh, so, bracket b bracket i, I was yeah. a uh, my first job out of grad school was at mac user magazine where andy was a columnist and so i've known andy since since the mid 90s basically it's a long time now a long time he's, wow. He's, wow. He's, 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 he's survived our friendship has survived him being my editor for a very long time so that's that that's that is something. like yeah. that, that that is being like that, that's like the sort of friendships you, you make in foxholes so the uh, the camera crew has come in to take the official still shot so if you would put your right hand inside your Oh, you're wearing a T-shirt. Yeah. I didn't know about the dress code. <laughs> just teasing. Just teasing. We did see some amazing images from the James Webb Telescope, the first oh five. Uh, many more will come. Uh, Rod Pyle joined me this morning at 7.30 a.m. Uh, to take a look at these five. Remember President, uh, what's his name? Oh, yeah, Biden uh, <laughs> yesterday revealed the first one, but uh, there are five more. This is actually an interesting one because... Uh, the James Webb is not an optical telescope. It has sensors in the infrared and other spectra. And so this is actually a fascinating uh, shot of the yeah. spectra. And this is the uh, image on the left that uh, President Biden revealed yesterday. Uh, and that's going to be very, very important as you look at the uh, the spectrum because it tells you something about the uh, composition of the star but also right. of the exoplanets that they're planning to look at. In fact... yeah. One of these exoplanets, uh, a planet at 2,000 degrees centigrade, uh, closer than Mercury to its star. Yeah, it's very, a hot very Jupiter, hot. basically. It's it. water. Yeah, there's water a vapor lot in, of in water. the atmosphere. Yeah. But it's really hot. But it's hot water. <laughs> yeah, it's really hot. It's water. hot water. Really hot water. Um, but the, the and the incredible thing is like when you see the you see this really fake looking picture that looks like you're when you go to like the Museum of Science and the gift shop you can get one of those sports shirts that has just like lots of little pictures of galaxies in it like that's that's how fake this thing looks and then when you think about all of that is just within the field of view of the sky that is the equivalent of a grain of rice hold, yeah. held up at at uh, at arm's level it's like oh my god Here's we another are going to learn so much interesting piece this is the uh, mm-hmm. President Biden's image from yesterday. These galaxies look smeared. That's because of the lensing right. of the gravitational field. 
of the foreground uh, galaxy cluster They're being, is creating yeah. a lens, and yeah. you can see it. You can yeah. really see that circular yeah. distortion that is all from yeah. you know Einstein basically predicting that the curving of light. It also magnifies on. these galaxies, so we actually get yeah. a better image of them. Thank you uh, right. to the star in front. This is one of the most dramatic uh, images. Is this the Hubble version of the image? This is the this is the web have, version yeah. of the image. They have a lot of before and and before and afters, which says okay, that's why this yeah. they needed this. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's actually all, I don't know also, if this is a Hubble image or uh, just another. I think it's another color of the. Huh? Yeah. It is the Hubble. Okay, it's not the Hubble. Okay, the GWST. Yeah. This is yeah. this is an amazing uh, image of, and I apologize for those of you listening, but they have posted this, of course, on the NASA website and. There is a James Webb account on Flickr, which is where I'm getting these high-res yeah. images from, and highly recommend it. They're, they're, they're not uh, quite 4K, but they're close to 4K, certainly suitable for your desktop wallpaper. Mm-hmm. Uh, John, tell me the name of this, uh, this galaxy. This, uh, is this is Carina? a nebula. Is that the Carina at. Nebula? Yeah, Carina Nebula. Which is the, the famous uh, Carina Nebula and the Eagle Nebula. This is the like, uh, famous Hubble shots where you're looking at a stellar nursery, essentially, where you've got these clouds of gas and there are stars inside them. And then with the infrared, you can actually look inside through the dust and see the little baby stars that are sort of like emerging from here. Isn't that amazing? And the other, the other uh, thing that was mind-blowing about this image, you see these images and you think, oh, that's nice. It's like a little cloud. But my understanding is the height <laughs> of that cloud, so-called cloud, yeah. it's about seven light years. Sure. So these are these are stars. Scales. These little yeah. dots. That's the that's the size of the sun. So yeah, yeah, it gives you yeah. some idea. So that, that's that's the distance. You know, tw- uh, essentially twice the distance between Earth and the nearest star outside our sun. Yeah. And that's how big this cloud is. And above the cloud are the newest baby stars. In fact, they're pushing the cloud away, right. which is fascinating. They go so, out on the main sequence, and they and they they start up their solar wind, and they blow the they gas blow the away. gases away. Uh, this is another one of the uh, famous um, quintile, or actually there are five, five galaxies here. One, two, three, four, five. Uh, you may remember from It's a Wonderful Life. This is where angels get their wings. Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm not kidding. You think I'm kidding? I'm not no, kidding. No, no, no. no. I, yep. good, that's so, solid, solid, solid cultural reference. We get you. Uh, amazing shots. Uh, this is also one of my favorites here of another nebula. Yeah. Uh, just dramatic. Right, and that's a planetary nebula, so that's a that's a star that has ended its life, or in, in this case, a binary. It turns out they actually, in the infrared, they resolved the two stars two. at the center, which is amazing. Um, one of the things you'll notice in all these shots when you look at them is there are, like in that shot, off to the left, um, there's this there's an e- almost edge-on galaxy in the, in the sort of upper left quadrant on the edge, yeah. And that is a case where uh, JWST is so powerful and can see so far in the infrared that you have this thing that, you know, the Hubble did the deep field where they took the shot of empty space and found all those galaxies. The new reality with the JWST is that every shot is going to have these little background galaxies because it's so finely attuned. So even if they're looking nearby, there are also going to be hundreds of galaxies in the background. Amazing. Everywhere you look. And and by the way, here's a little uh, thing you probably don't know about the James Webb uh, Space Telescope, but uh, when you click the magnifying glass on the image, show this, John, because you might be interested. It says, whoa there, Tiger, this photo is already at maximum size. <laughs> so that's just how good, that's how good that telescope. Yeah. Mary Jane Watson is running the public relations <laughs> <That's> office. <true. laughs> 
Uh, anyway, really, really exciting would, day. We will put it up on our Twit News feed yeah. if you didn't see it. If uh, you can watch our feed, which is probably maybe a, a little less stuttery than, than the nice feed. <laughs> I just, I just want to ask Alex one question. Like, what camera would you use that would have been better than the James Webb Telescope for this, for this, for this event? For the for the for the event or for the te- uh, the telescope? No, for the tel- for the telescope. I mean, I'm sure you've got some ideas. Well, I think that there's a new area out that I think could be really good. We could put it out there and um, make it work out. Yeah, I think that, that it would it would have a big zoom lens and we'd see what we'd see what we'd get. You know, but it's it's, it's really kind of amazing, amazing to to yeah, just wow. see, you know, the uh, incredible incredible resolution. You know, and I think that you know th- we know that for the next decade we're going to be able to see a lot yeah. more. Fifty this is, this fifty is, gigabytes, a little more than fifty gigabytes a day. A maximum bandwidth of 28 megabits. So there is a lot of data coming back from that uh, telescope every single day. Yeah. I just this this is this is why I'm way more excited about sp- spacecraft that we're sending out just to be observatories uh, than I really am about permanent installations on the moon or on Mars because this is uh, this just gives us so much hard science so much so much more bang for the buck when we do not have to sustain human life all the all the expense all the size all the all all the, all the kinds of cause that comes with uh, human space travel it's important for us to learn how to live in space because that's a, such, such basic science that we don't have much of a, of a grip on but the idea that I mean the, the Hubble was in such low orbit around the earth that you could actually send people out to service it this is so so far out that part of the engineering was, look, we are never, ever going to be able to send anything out to fix anything on this thing. This has to be absolutely right. Uh, and, oh, my goodness, the first those first images, the, 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 the thoughts that it inspires, the, uh, the sense of perspective and the, that it inspires just in normal people like you and me, as opposed to the scientists who are actually getting value from this. My goodness, what, 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 what value for money? All right, so there, uh, and I'm glad to see that Jason Snell is a space nerd. <laughs> we have yeah. one more element oh, man. We, can, uh, we can add to the show. Uh, we getting, do a, getting, getting Jason on the show was a good thing already, I think. <laughs> I think we're already Wait a minute, do we have a visitor from another planet? Is that Henry or Mizzy? Henry, Henry is in the, in the studio. Uh, my favorite alien, why don't you bring him in just real quickly so we can, uh, we can see. Uh, Henry... Has those very typical bulgy eyes of all aliens, uh, and uh, and there he is. Yeah, look at Micah's little uh, Chihuahua. Hello, Henry. I'm, I've been trying to get Micah to bring the dogs in forever. forever. This is the first time. Yeah, this is. Oh wait, let me scoot in then. Hello, little boy. Yeah, this is the yeah. first time. What planet is he from again? Uh, it's a <laughs> planet love. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the love planet. Uh, thank you, Micah. All right. This, I feel like it feels like a family today. It's great. It's really fun to have everybody in here. I see. I spy with my little eye. Jason's running an iPad Pro. Is that the 11 or the 12? It's the 12. 12.9. And I see on it something a little different. You've got Windows. Are you running the public beta? <laughs> I am of actually iPad running OS. the public beta of <gasps> iPadOS, which just came out. Uh, Today's the day. Yesterday, I think. Yesterday, yep. Would you... Um, so we, you now have public betas of Ventura, iPadOS 16, iOS 16. I think there might even be a watch and TV uh, public yeah. beta. Mm-hmm. Uh, too. The question's going to be, should people run it or not? You know, I wasn't going to do the dev <laughs> beta. How stable is that? Uh, it's okay. There are there are it's a beta. There are bugs. Yeah. So if you want to get the new stuff, you gotta you gotta try it out. Um, it's it's usable. 
Um, I, I, the, you need to have a reason, right? You need to really have a reason to... Besides, like, I really want it? Well, with iPads and iPhones, it's hard to roll back. So you're really... Uh, on a Mac, you can install it on another partition, part, and you're okay point. with it. But on an iPad, you're kind of committing. And I, I'd say if you've got an M1 iPad... Um, stage manager might be worth it. it it's still it, a work in progress. I'm watching these windows. You go back and forth between these windows. It's like a computer. Yeah, it's almost like it's, it's a computer. Isn't a that computer. weird? Isn't it? But <laughs> it's like, a computer you can touch. But it's still a work in progress. Like literally with the latest beta, they added command W to close a window, which they did not have before. It's okay. like you get the sense with the iPad stuff that like they built this stage manager thing. And on the Mac, it works really well because the Mac has this whole history of uh, window management. Right. And then you see it on the iPad and you're like, oh, the iPad has literally no windowing infrastructure at all. <laughs> and they're building it on the fly this summer, apparently. So Command W came in. That's Seems like good. that would be one of the first things you'd <laughs> you would think. But, but okay. here we are. Yeah. Um, but, and, and it no big crashes, no blue screens of death. I mean, I've had a crash while I was sitting here, but it generally yeah. qu- crashes back to the lock screen, a, and then you open it back up. Springboard crash. It's been of. yeah, it's yeah. been okay, okay so far. But again, if it's your phone that you 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 need every day to to live your life, and you want to see those new lock screens, I mean, balance those two things because it's going to okay. be annoying for. Tell a few the truth months. though, you put it on your phone too, didn't you? It's not on my regular phone. Oh. It's in my pocket. Brave man, not brave man. Nope. Coward. Coward. <laughs> How about you, Andy? Any uh, public betas in your in your life? Uh, I have it. I have it on. A, uh, I, I don't have it on my M1 uh, MacBook Pro, uh, iPad Pro. I have it on my uh, on my older one. Uh, be, and so oh you don't goodness. get you don't get Stage Manager in that, then, do you? Yeah, unfortunately, no. Unfortunately, I only have one M1 iPad, and it is a as Jason says, I mean, it, it's a production thing. Yeah. If, if I'm kind of hosed if I don't have it. Same thing. Of, uh, I, I do have uh, the iOS 16 on my iPhone because my main phone is an Android, so I can if if I can't call an Uber, if I can't do banking on my on my iPhone, that's not a big deal. But yeah, I can't. This is I've I've been obviously watching as many of the videos of people now that now that it's not developer mode and people are allowed to really talk about it and quote review it unquote. uh, I'm seeing not just the demos of Stage Manager, but you get to see people actually trying to make sense of it as it's in front of them. And oh my goodness, I cannot wait for this. This is such a trans. It it really is feeling like between the iPhone and the iPad, iOS 16 is going to be the most transformative set of updates we've had in quite a while. Alex, will you use any of these betas? I probably won't. <laughs> to be honest, I'm just too busy to. I mean, I <clears throat> I think I'll just wait for a little while, maybe until January to um, test it. Test it January. Out. I, I jumped in the Monterey. fall. I jumped in Monterey really fast. Like I was like, oh, this is going to be yeah. great. And the fall was was pretty rough. Yeah, for me. Burnt. And so I'm. Yeah. I, I feel like I was like, ah, there's just a lot of odd things that that happened. And so I I think I'm just gonna. Um, I think I'm going to stick to it. Just, just let all of you take the front line. <laughs> I'm going to sit back and have some coffee. Say, so just tell me how it goes. I mean, right now I can't even get my AirPods to. I, my AirPods, you know, they wouldn't connect, so I reset them, and now they just constantly tell me that somebody else's AirPods are near my phone. Oh, I <laughs> hate that when like, that happens. I can't get it to like. So I'm like, if I can't get that happens. to work, I think I'm going to yeah. stay out. Jason has a long review at sixcolors.com of uh, Ventura. Yeah, the public beta for macOS Ventura. You took no time to do that. You can't. You must have had it a little um, and bit I earlier. Mean, uh, there are other reviews on the web of this public beta that are five times as long, but I, I focused on the two features that I think are the most interesting. So stage manager and continuity camera, um, which yeah. I think are the, I mean, I'd say shared the shared photo library stuff is also interesting. It's not just a Mac feature, and it also just came out 
last week in the last developer beta. Um, so I need to spend more time with it. But um, you know, like continuity camera, I, you're, you're scrolling through my, my image samples that I took in the worst possible lighting conditions. And the <laughs> bottom line is, yeah, it turns out the iPhone camera, it's really good. Yeah. And also <laughs> when you turn on center stage in continuity camera, it goes to that iPhone's ultra wide and you get exactly what you get on center stage on any device, which is a cropped ultra wide camera that isn't that great and it's noisy and it doesn't handle light that well so but turn it, it off but it auto pans but if you turn it off it uses the main camera on the iphone better which is glorious it's yeah. such a good camera so that's the also center stage and i know alex has mentioned this many times it centers your head in the middle of the screen it doesn't which do is it the right. wrong place <laughs> there's no professional camera operator who would look at center Ever. stage behavior and think that they modeled proper behavior and because i'm so used to my head being uh, the About upper third me. every time i use center stage i'm like trying to yeah trying to get up on top of the i mean and if, it, in and fairness, it pans you up and it pans up and you can never get there <laughs> In, in fairness, it looks really good if you're putting it on a giant screen. So at 30 feet wide and yeah. uh, you know x amount of feet high, it, it actually looks pretty good um, in that in that frame. But not in small screens. So <laughs> I so this morning when we did, I I was at home when we did because it was 7:30 freaking in the morning when we did the NASA <laughs> thing, uh, and I used camo with my iPhone, right. which Great has app. really been worth. Fantastic. But it's, it's it's not free. It's a you know you have it's to a pay for it. Yeah. It's like forty bucks a year or something. And uh, but it does work really well, and I love it. And I've also used eCam, which does the same thing. Um, how does is it going to? Are they Sherlocking camo? Uh, it's the it's the typical story where there are things that Apple's never going to implement as features. I mean, I hope they do, and I took them to task, and I will again uh, about this. That like there are no webcam settings to speak of uh, in macOS, and there really should be. Camo lets you do things like crop the image. Um, and choose which part of the image you want. So if you need it to be a little bit tighter, you can do that. Um, it lets you adjust the white balance and the focus and all these things. And Apple's like, no, 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 we'll ta- we'll handle yeah. all of that, which is great when it works. It doesn't. But when it I'm, doesn't work, I'm going to be honest. It's frustrating, and maybe because it's low light and you have a big window behind you. And but these images aren't. I mean that the middle image is pretty I, good. I, well, that's the thing is I was trying to do something very bad and see yeah. what it would look like, and the answer is that the regular iPhone camera managed it. Managed this is to the get some background. This is the MacBook Pro camera, which is god awful. Yeah, that's the that's the M2, so it's a 720p yeah. camera, and it's and it's really poor. You see how much better the uh, the iPhone camera yeah. is, and then this and is I the wide say, angle, so you're but, using center stage. But camo, I mean, the other difference because camo is great in that it gives you settings. The advantage Apple has, the home field advantage of being the platform owner, is. Cam- Camo, you've got to open your iPhone. You've got to launch the Camo app. You've got to make sure you don't touch in the wrong place and quit the Camo app and then get it in its right place and then launch the camera, Camo app on your Mac. And, and just to be clear about how this continuity camera stuff works is if your iPhone is logged into your Apple ID and your iPhone is near your Mac that's logged in with your Apple ID, it shows up as a camera. You don't even have to launch the camera You don't app? have to wake it up. You don't have to launch any oh, apps. Oh, nice. And if you yeah. mount it... It, where it's uh, perpendicular to your surface of the of your desk, where it's on its side, and the sensors in the iPhone sense that you're not holding it in your hand, but it's actually laying somewhere, like above your display or whatever, it automatically switches your Mac's default camera to it because it realizes that it's been placed in basically webcam mode. Huh. So there's no interface to that. That's nice. And, and that's something that, you know, 
only only Apple, I hate to say this this way, but it's like it's a feature that the platform owner really can implement and it would be very hard for any third party to approach. And and that's where Apple's got it over Camo. But then Camo's got all the fiddly settings, which are great. And well, and that's why I think there'll still be a place for something like Camo. So did you and have to put iOS 16 on your phone to yeah, do this? Yeah, okay. you got to have both. Okay. Go ahead, Alex. Yeah, and I think that you know that's the the real push. Anytime some a platform owner does something, is to figure out what makes you different. You know, so Camo Camo has its own cropping and control. There's another app that that, that I use called Shoot, which you can you can actually do telestration over your video just by drawing on it. You can it actually has a frame a framer that we use inside of Office Hours. The, the developer put into the <laughs> into Shoot so that frames your head properly you know you can see it on the phone and so so there's a lot of things that um that people can find different ways to make them different but they have to they can't the the, at this point just being a camera for the computer is no longer going to be enough and then you also jason you show the uh the desk view which is this weird thing and i think you'd have to have how, what kind of camera would you have to be using? Is it the, not the camera on the laptop? It has to be. No, a, it uses the iPhone camera. It uses the this iPhone is a feature camera. of the iPhone camera okay. ultra wide, and the ultra wide captures such an enormous so wide. Uh, span yeah. that um, it can see what's in front of you theoretically. It so, can like see San Diego. From so here, it can see apparently. my UCSD co- coaster, which is upside down, but the image is right side up. Uh, the idea is to share what's on your desk. There are a lot of problems with this. Like on a laptop, what it means is you need to push the laptop so far back that there's space in front of the laptop in which for you to place things. At which point you're reaching out way out to an unnatural position yeah. to reach your laptop. But there are cases where that could be useful, and it's implemented. Apple implemented it as an app because they know that you're probably going to use this with something like Zoom, right? And you're going to want to use it in the context of a essentially a screen share, right? Except you're sharing physical space well, in Alex front of your does computer all the time with his fancy, fancy setup. Sure, I've got a camera mounted on my yeah. ceiling to do this. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and of course, uh, on uh, iOS today. Um, Mike is always doing that. I think Mary, Rosemary is also doing it. Uh, but I think they have separate cameras pointing at it. Yeah, there. this is literally, if you're using center stage and you're using desk view, it's just using crops of the same ultra-wide camera yeah. uh, and using it in different ways. The quality isn't great, but it's not bad. It's not I think, bad. I think I'm the issue is really it is, actually. It, it, the issue is really that you, 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 this isn't going to be a thing you do accidentally. You're going to have to push your laptop way back yeah. in order to make a stage for it. Or if you're on a desktop, you're going to need to push your desktop back enough that there's space right in front. It's no, it's no mistake that Apple demoed this with an iMac instead of uh, with a laptop because it actually kind of makes more sense in that context because you have a desk in front of the computer. And yeah, and considering how it must be zooming in quite a bit on the wide angle, that's yeah. not that's not. It looks bad. pretty good when yeah. you consider how terribly dis- de-distorted and scaled it must yeah. be. Is your daughter at UCSD? Is that no? I I went to UCSD. You went to UCSD. So I've got the coaster. You've to prove the, it. You <laughs> I bought one. That was the, instead of a the, diploma, they give you a coaster. That just, seems appropriate. I was just actually. there on the campus. You go into university <laughs> bookstores. There's merch. Yeah. You choose. You make your choice. <laughs> choose your merch. <laughs> I'm just teasing you. Just teasing you. Uh, where how, where have your kids decided to go, by the way? Both my kids are now ducks. They're both going to the go. Ducks? My, my daughter's already at University of Oregon and my son is going this nice. fall. So more right. trips, more car trips to Eugene. At least you go in one place instead of two. So that's not that's, bad. That's true. And I know all the places to stay and stuff. So Eugene's that's good. nice. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, how do you get the beta? You have to. Do you have to be? A, do you have to have a developer account to do this? Nope. Anybody can. Anybody can. Public go. is public. Yeah, public is public. You sign up and you download a, a profile or an installer, and and you're off to the races. So you go to beta.apple.com. 
Uh, you have to have an Apple account, but of course you have one, right? And look at this. Uh, you can you can put it on iOS, iPad OS, Mac OS, TV OS, Watch OS, even HomePod. Is there a public beta of HomePod software 16? I guess there is. I might put my HomePods on on 16. Why not? What? Why should <laughs> what's, I? What's the benefit though? What's I'm the not benefit? A, I'm not clear I, it's not that. clear. Yeah. But good for Apple. They have to. Uh, they have to do this. So you go to beta.apple.com. You sign in with your Apple ID. Apple knows what devices you have attached to that ID. Then you go to these various devices. You open the settings, and you look for software updates. And you'll have to in, on some of these devices say get beta updates, like the TVOS. You have to say right. get beta updates, yeah. and uh, then you'll have it. On a, on an update on a device like HomePod is usually about compatibility with the iOS and the Mac. Oh, of course, Mac so that makes it's sense. possible. It's yeah. possible it'll stop working unless you update it. Yeah. It's not going to change everything to Louis Prima music or anything like that. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. But you we never know. Hope. It wouldn't be bad. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. <laughs> and you should know also if you rely on continuity features like um, like uh, the extended display modes and things like that that um, that require like an iPad and a Mac. If one of them's on the beta and one of them's on the current version, yeah. all that stuff can break. So <sighs> if you it, it, just so be you're kind of committed. If you go with one, go with all. Probably, yeah. Yeah. As they say, my in universal QAnon. control setup is is broken. So goes one. Yeah. One goes one. So yeah. go us all. Sure, but that, yeah. but, that, but that's kind of okay because one of the, the basic Q-Anon features public beta. It's Apple and on Apple and on. Yeah, yeah. W- w- one of the basic features I think of iOS 16 is that you have all of these cross device features, uh, so that it kind of makes sense to update them all at once because otherwise you're not kind of getting the if you if you're getting all the pain of a beta, you should get all the joy of a beta, and I think cross platform use is going to be one of the one of the joys. Yeah, I think that's one of the big selling points, isn't it? Uh, you know, not just using your phone as a camera, but all sorts of continuity features and handoff features and, uh, and all of that stuff. All right, let's take a little break. Jason Snell survived his first <laughs> segment. <laughs> He's uh, oh. He didn't even break a sweat. Going to take a knee, take a breath. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, our show today brought to you by Colide, K-O-L-I-D-E. Love this idea because... You know, I'm, I kind of have to wear two hats uh, at, at the company. I am, you know, an employee and I, uh, I'm a user, but I also am in management. And so it's my interest to keep everybody secure and safe. I think a lot of times, certainly in the old days, if you had, you know, users in your company and IT was in, basically would lock it down, right? They'd use MDM. Uh, mobile device management, lock it down. You know, sometimes uh, in some companies it goes so far as to put crazy glue in the USB ports and stuff because they didn't trust users. But there's a problem with that kind of thinking, which is that users know you don't trust them. They get frustrated by the limitations. They want to use devices like they use their home devices. And now they're kind of adversarial they decide i'm going to do it my way worst case scenario they instead of the using the company provided laptop or phone they start using their own and that's when the nightmare begins collide has a different kind of attitude about all this collide is an endpoint security system built around honest security i love that phrase honest security their philosophy is employees aren't your biggest security risk they're your allies don't make adversaries out of out of them your relationship with them should be based on transparency and informed consent and i can tell you from real experience that does work you know i know a lot of you going no i can't trust them i can't no you can 
Uh, and frankly, uh, especially if you've got engineers and developers, they want to be able to use their machines, you know, as they would use their home machines, which means they end up working on their personal devices. And then they bring that personal device into work and disaster ensues. Collide works with your employees via Slack. Now, you have to be a Slack house to do this. I know many of you are. We are. What's so cool is it notifies your employees of security issues via Slack. It educates them on what's going on, why it's important, and then gives them step-by-step instructions on how to fix the problem themselves. That offloads your IT department, but also enrolls your employees as allies in this fight. It's, it, it starts, frankly, when you start with Collide, by them putting the Collide agent on their device. It explains, it walks, it gives them a message in Slack saying, hey, we're, we're just starting this, we're going to use Collide, help us install it, blah, blah, blah. It's so smart. For IT and security teams, Collide provides the right level of visibility for It's, by the way, Mac, Windows, and Linux. It addresses high-risk issues that actually can't be solved through brute force or automation. Go to the Collide website. You can actually see the messages Collide will send via Slack. And you can see how, I think, what a brilliant way. It's honest security. What's more... It protects your employees' privacy. We know how much people care about privacy these days. With Collide, your end users can see exactly why and how every piece of data is being collected. There is literally, uh, in Collide, a user privacy center. Plus, their source code is open. It's Yeah, it's open source, so they can see the open source code base. They can know exactly what's going on, especially for engineers and developers. This becomes very, very important. And we know, you know, we want end users to pick up the slack, as it were. <laughs> you can meet your security goals. You can without compromising your values. It's open. It's honest. And frankly, it's not top down. It's not top down. It, it makes an ally of your users. Visit collide.com slash MacBreak and get started. Uh, free trial for you. K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash MacBreak. They'll also hook you up. If you follow that address, they'll hook you up with a goodie bag just for activating that free trial. I have my Collide stickers on my laptop, my Collide t-shirt. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash Mac break. I'm so happy to have these guys on our our air because I think this is the right way to do it. And if you're a Slack uh, shop, you should absolutely give it a try. K-O-L-I-D-E dot com, Collide dot com. And make sure you do the slash Mac break so you get the goodies but you also let them know you saw it here. We like that. That's good for us. Uh, okay. Moving right along. That was the big story, of course, the the uh, public betas. Big article in the information this week, and I know uh, information is paywalled. A lot of you, I pay just so I can read these stories. They have very good inside sources. Wayne Ma interviewed, I guess, has a lot of sources wrote a very interesting piece, Inside Apple's eight-year struggle to build a self-driving car. Uh, Just to give you an idea of where we're going here, subhead, meaningless demos, false hopes, and map handicaps. Interviews with 20 people who have worked on Apple's self-driving car project shed new light on its troubled effort to build a car that can drive itself almost anywhere in the world. Now, according to Trip Trip Mickle, in his book, which I know you read. Um, you didn't read it? No, I didn't Oh, read it. I'll give you my copy. It's, okay. it's worth reading. 
Uh, it's stories we all know, like, but some of the stuff from the inside we didn't know. For instance, according to Mickel's book, uh, After Steve, uh, the whole idea of the car project did not come from the top down. It didn't come from Tim Cook, but came from employees who said, we're mad that we're not involved in this car business and we're going to leave for Tesla because we want to work on self-driving cars. And Tim Cook was basically blackmailed into doing hmm. this. Once you know that, a lot of this makes more sense. <laughs> there, you know, and, and it also makes me really wonder how, how serious management is about making this a, a business. Did, yeah. What, Andy? It, no, uh, it's, uh, it's really shocking the way that this story has evolved since the first leak from uh, the Wall Street Journal years ago. Because if you'll, rem if you'll remember, one of the things that got all of us so excited about this was that whatever the pitch deck for this project was, when they showed it to people inside the auto industry who were top-level people, top-level executives with huge careers at the best makers, they were getting these people to quit GM, quit GM, quit BMW, and go work on this project at Apple. It really did sound like something that was a priority that they had a focus in mind. And now here we are in 2021 and 2022, where almost every two months we keep hearing about a critical member of the team has left and was snapped up uh, by a competitor you don't let people leave if they're the, if they're uh, if if they are if you're close to something that you're really really uh, invested in so i think this is a really good insight into is this is this is this one of Apple's other bets? If the, if Apple uh, listed projects the way that Google does, that this is not something this is something that we're just sort of working out. We have enough resources. We can see if this is a thing. It's right kind now, of a, it really it, does look like it's kind of a moonshot. Like bet, and yeah. a, you know, yeah. X project cornet kind well, of. And, and of the, th the thing is, is that what they're trying to do, what everybody's trying to do, is really hard. You know, it's hard to do it because the roads are a mess and there's people on them and there's things yeah. that go across and there's construction. And and so everybody is, I mean, different people are at a different level of where they're at based on what they started with and what the requirements they've decided are okay. But but I think Apple's is very high, what their expectations are. And I think that it is a, um, it, it's, it's a very, very difficult thing, which is what you take on as a big company if you've got the cash to do it, because it, the chances of getting a lot of competition, if you are very, you know, if you take on the ARVR market, the the car market, the some of these are very hard to unwrap. And if you get there, there won't be a lot of people around you to compete. The biggest uh, takeaway from the story is that that software problems have been uh, the biggest factor in the pro program's struggles. They mention, uh, you know, when you're talking about departures, Andy, they mentioned the departure of Ian Goodfellow, who is a you know very renowned machine learning scientist and a big get for the uh, car project he had been leading according to wayne ma writing in the information an effort to infuse deep learning into apple's self-driving software the self-driving software did well on highways but failed miserably it was running up on curbs and stuff on the city yeah. streets uh, of uh, sunnyvale goodfellow's key role within titan and the team's use of his machine of his underscore his machine learning models to improve software hasn't been previously reported uh and ma is saying that his departure actually leaves a big hole i mean there are a lot of people it's been a revolving door a lot of people have yeah. left but you figure apple can you know get people to replace those yeah, people I mean, but there's some like ian goodfellow who are such at such a high level there aren't a lot of people like him tesla obviously because elon musk is obsessed with it tesla has been trying this a very long time and google's been trying this a very long time and I think what we have to admit is that this is a very, very, very hard problem, the self-driving car part. And 
it may not be solved for a while, if ever. And I know that, that there are people out there who are like, no, no, full self-driving is just a year away. Um, and hi to Elon Musk, who is probably who said that. Yeah. But <laughs> it is like fusion. It's always a few years away and yeah. it's not here. And, and that doesn't have to be a failure, right? Because there are lots of safety modes and ways to protect drivers that aren't full self-driving that take the... Uh, electric car of the future forward without it being like there are these rumors that apple's goal was to make a full self-driving car without controls right and the moment i heard that i thought that car will never ship because it will or at least not never meaning like not in the next decade because to get a car that can't be controlled by people or not easily and is just going to rely on full self-driving like there are places where self-driving on highways could be workable now or soon and then lots of places where it isn't I have to wonder after WWDC last month if what Apple's really doing here is workshopping a whole bunch of car tech and figuring out what works. Because when you saw You're talking that, about that CarPlay demo. Yeah, when you did. see that next generation CarPlay, yeah. some parts of that probably have to come from a real-time operating system. And it does make you wonder if Apple's ultimate play here may end up just being that they built a real-time operating system for Project Titan. And now they're going to work with car makers to do an Android automotive kind of move and safety features and other features might be a part of that but you know maybe it ends up being that that's the place where apple can play and they i don't think that that means titan is necessarily a failure i feel like they had to figure out what they could contribute but it may not be that they can contribute a whole apple car that's experience. not a bad business to be a, to licensing an operating yeah. system to cars uh, yeah. uh moss says in the article that apple is make it's raised the question of whether apple's making a major business mistake by betting on nothing less than full yeah. autonomy if that's that's really, I mean, I don't know Absolutely. if that's the case, but if they're saying, no, no, it has to be fully autonomous, as you said, that could be, who knows? That's, 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 that's dumb. If, they, if, if they're looking for full autonomy or if they're looking to make an actual car product that they actually sell to consumers, that's very, very concerning because there's, there's a lot of heat between uh, advanced driver assist systems. Those are amazing. They're a real product. They work. Uh, they're, uh, they're, uh, the, the contribution they make to safety is amazing. Just the ability to simply say when you're, getting on to, when, you're getting on, when you're about to leave a local street and you're about to take an exit for a highway on-ramp to say, help me get onto the highway, that is, that is a problem that, the, uh, that these systems can absolutely do. The idea of even on a surface street, Break from do uh, you have permission to um, to initiate emergency braking if it's necessary? That is also something that these systems do very very well. All the stuff that works, all the stuff that the, the, that the uh, Department of Transportation is really really endorsing as something we're going to support you with legislation, we're going to support you with standards, all that sort of stuff. That's software. That's not a that's, that's not operating system level stuff. Uh, and there are already players in this game that have been doing this for two or three generations. They know how to integrate uh, all the software into a car, which is one of them it's almost like a space shuttle because there's so many different systems that all have to be integrated together not only that but each system has to be validated so that they're safe so that they actually work uh, imagine, imagine how difficult it is just to simply have you have a steering wheel that is drive by wire and that's just a, a, a standard technology that we are going to control the throttle via a wire we're going to throw the control the steering via a wire all the different certifications and safety tests that have to be done just to communicate over a wire to like here is how we're turning and here's how the how the wheels could go Imagine how much more difficult it's going to be for someone who is not like Tesla, who is not playing fast and loose with regulations, to actually put that stuff on the street. <laughs> You've got to be crazy to make this stuff work. Uh, the other thing Ma says is that there's a lack of – without a Steve Jobs to – power it through there's kind of a lack of leadership he says tim cook isn't you know he's kind of hands off and plus 
he says some Apple executives are not rooting for Project Titan. Uh, nor- notably, Hair Force One, Craig Federighi, <laughs> uh, has been particularly skeptical of the program over the years, according to two people who have heard him speak privately about it. And within other parts of Apple, Titan has become the subject of ridicule because of its chronic leadership turnover and changes in strategy that have previously prompted layoffs. Some managers have proactively warned employees to stay away from the project, according to multiple former Apple employees. Now, you've got Kevin Lynch in there now, who is a high-level executive leading it. Right. And you do. I mean, I think that this speaks to the lack of leadership that you need somebody who really is a true believer and an owner of it, who is going to build a team that really believes in the product. And that's a problem when you don't know what the product is. True. Kevin Lynch, I believe, got the Apple Watch across the finish line. But I do wonder, you know, again, what is the finish line? And is it let's take the tech we've built here and see what of it is turn turnable into a product? And is that uh, new CarPlay and better partnerships with car makers? I will say the one thing I admire about the full self-driving or bust mentality is there's an argument to be made that if that if you could crack that you are going to be really successful and that if you're Apple maybe that's the only way that you should ever even consider being part of the car industry is if you can revolutionize it. But you're setting this like failure state essentially, which is we're shooting for the impossible. Well, guess what? It's impossible or probably almost impossible. And, and then you le- I think that's what's led them to now, which is they're in a situation where they're taking stock and saying, okay, we spent 10 years working on this stuff. What do we got? <laughs> there, uh, according to Ma, were four kings running the project, Steve Zadesky, Benjamin Lyon, John Wright, and DJ Novanet, Novotny, uh, who all reported to Dan Riccio before Riccio uh, handed off to Kevin Lynch. Um, Riccio, although technically in charge, according to this article, remained hands-off. The de facto leader, Zadesky, an Apple vice president who had started his career as a mechanical engineer at Ford, so he was a car guy, but he left earlier this year. So uh, this is not. This doesn't bode well for any project yeah. at any company. You got. You got. You got to give. Uh, you got to give a team a target. Like Apple. Apple d- designed the iPhone and the iPad because they were designing an iPad that they decided that in the meantime let's design an iPhone. Not because let you know we're really interested in this multi-touch technology. What would an operating? I wonder what mm-hmm. a, an operating system based on multi-touch would be like. It's like okay, that's something that you could research for ten to twenty years. Once you start to, that's the difference between uh, research, science, and engineering. Engineering is all about great. Let's make a device that is exactly this big that can cost no more than this that is going to have battery battery requirements of exactly these limitations and let's try to release it in the next two years that's how you actually ship something well, and, and i think that i think the one thing that apple has on its favor and to its detriment is that it doesn't need the car it's making a lot of money exactly. so yeah. you know so there's a there's not a we're going to go under if we don't figure this out and there's also they can keep on experimenting and pushing for the big thing because they can afford to keep dumping money into it yeah the uh, the kind of the uh, shocking revelation of this article is uh, that the car almost ran over a jogger um, in the first quarter uh, of the year. One of Apple's test vehicles driving around 15 miles an hour almost hit a jogger who was crossing the street at an unmarked crosswalk. Apple's self-driving software, by the way, Tesla's had similar problems. I oh, should yeah. point and out, and Waymo, yeah. 
first identified the jogger as a stationary object before recategorizing it as a stationary person and then finally as a moving pedestrian. Now, that was all within a second, but rather than stop, the car just steered around him. The, this scared the backup driver. There was a human inside who slammed on the brakes. The car stopped within a few feet of the pedestrian. Apple later determined the car would have almost certainly hit the dogger, jogger if the backup uh, driver hadn't acted, uh, at which point Apple grounded its fleet to in- yeah. investigate the jogger incident. Uh, it did resume driving within a few days after fixing the identification problem and adding that walk- crosswalk to its map space. But that just shows you how, I mean, that's onesie-twosie. How many crosswalks are there in the uh, in the country, in the world? Uh, that's That's scary when that happens. Andy made a really good point about Apple's strength being in producing real products and not doing this kind of... I, I said earlier that Andy and I went back uh, to the 90s. 90s, Apple was really weird, and one of the things they did was a lot of pie-in-the-sky uh, R&D tech, dem- tech demo without a purpose and without a product. And when Steve Jobs came back, he basically said, we can't afford to do that. But, um, we need to make real products, and they've been successful doing that. I think what you're seeing with Project Titan and and Waymo and a bunch of other things that are other bets like what Google does is you've got companies with so much money that they're willing to just, you know, play the lottery because they'll say, look, what if we can invent the self-driving car? We will win. And if we don't... What do we lose? Some money? We got lots of that. Right. It's fine. And so, well, especially think, if the employees are saying, we right. got to do this, so, we got to do this. So, is Project well, Titan so, a money pit that's not a real product absolutely. and may not amount to anything? Yeah, kind so of what? kind of as intended. Yeah, yeah. sort so of. What? There, Although it does have also, an M designation, which uh, apparently means they it's think not there's a, a product. It's not there. blue sky. They think there might be a product. Uh, yeah, there. Sure, sure. But Johnny there, Ive has weighed thing. in on the design. Just last bit from this article, and we'll move oh, on. Sorry. Go ahead. Working Go ahead. on the physical car design continues, according to Wayne Ma and the information. Johnny, who now works for Apple on a contract basis, has told the Titan team, this is so Johnny, lean into the weirdness of the vehicle's sure. design and don't try to hide the sensors said a person with direct knowledge of the discussion. The current design features four seats that face inward, a living room, so passengers can talk to one another, and a curved ceiling similar to the roof of a Volkswagen Beetle. So it's a little a little orb with a living room inside. No steering wheel, probably, right? No brake pedal. Nope. Uh, designers are experimenting with a trunk compartment that rises, giving owners easier access to the storage space, and then automatically lowers... Apple designers have discussed large screens that rise from behind the seats and lower when they aren't in use. They've also discussed allowing passengers to lie flat and sleep in the vehicle. (laughs) Those safety considerations could get in the way. Uh, Apple hopes to... This is actually what's most interesting to me. They are trying to get exemptions from from NHTSA, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, to remove the steering, steering wheel and brakes from the car. And they actually hired NHTSA's chief counsel to help uh, negotiate this. Good luck. And employees are now discussing how to disguise a new version of the self-driving test vehicle that most more closely resembles the final version of the car Apple wants to produce and could hit the road as early as next year. So they're still doing it. They're still working. It is it is an interesting aspect. Uh, the part of the, believe me, part of the research into this is simply into sociology. Where should you have should you have a self driving car be identifiable to other drivers as a self driving car? Meaning that look, this this vehicle may not operate. The, if you, you've trained yourself for twenty years on predicting the unpredictability of how human beings drive cars, this is not that thing. Or on the other hand, should you make it as uh, as normal as possible? Because we're already seeing that if someone uh, in, in 
test markets where uh, self-driving vehicles are uh, already on the road. If other drivers know that this is a robotic vehicle, that they are going to be more of a jerk to this car because they figure out that they can, that maybe the software is a little bit more conservative. Also, they know that they're not going to be sued by a human driver, all this, all these sort of things. So there, there, there's just so much research that has to go into this. And maybe that it's this is why this is, these are always interesting research projects. And they will always be really valuable to a company like Apple because researchers they, a company like Apple needs researchers, and sometimes they really just want to work the problem as opposed to, yeah, we know that we, we hired you off of this really, really incredible uh, AI project that you got working on in Stanford. We really just want you to improve the accuracy of search results in, 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 in Apple Photos. Like, no, that's not why I left academia. All right, I want to take a little break, and then uh, I want to talk about lockdown mode, because this is one mm. of the features of uh, iOS 16. Uh, getting a lot of attention is kind of interesting. Uh, Apple just put out a press release saying, actually a week ago, Apple expands industry-leading commitment to protect users from highly targeted mercenary spyware. Wow. If you are uh, potentially being targeted by mercenary spyware, <laughs> we've got an answer for you. Uh, it's so nice to have Jason Snell with us. Sixcolors.com, uh, right? That's it. And any and incomparable podcast. And you got how many podcasts total? I can't count that high. Yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> Uh, who, Ten who fingers and toes. That's it. What are you going to do? It's a lot. There's, it's a lot. There's a lot. Where's the best place to go to find out what podcasts you're doing? Uh, six. I post a lot of them at sixcolors.com, but you can also go to theincomparable.com um, and relay.fm. Those. That's mostly where I am. Yeah. I need to update my current podcast list. You know what I'm going to do just for you? We oh, have on the Twitch such a deal. We such a have, just for you. We have a page, a bio page. And I am going to make sure that that bio page lists every gosh right, darn podcast in your <laughs> in your uh, in your uh, quiver. If that's where you keep your podcast, that's a lot. I, I, I mean, I could I could I could list them here, but there's not enough time. Not enough time. Uh, Jason, can, can, you, can you set up an API so that to make sure that that page should simply ping your server to ask what is the current list, what <laughs> yeah. the current names? I think it'll be a it'll be a JSON API. Yeah. Huh? Uh, I get it. Uh, Did they name it after you? It's really? very funny. No, I think it was the thank. Thank you, Alex. Best response to a joke ever is that's very <laughs> that, funny. That's amusing. That's very funny. <laughs> Highly amusing. That's a very Spock. Got to get the gravelly voice. Spock. Uh, uh, <laughs> Andy and Iko also here. GBH in Boston. I noticed they've dropped the W in much of their communications. Yeah, I don't know why. Officially, officially, the uh, the media organization I think is GBH. Even though, of course, the FCC thinks of it as WGBH. Does that stand no, for anything? Uh, yes, uh, great, great big honking show. No, in the in the in the Boston area, there's this huge. We don't have a mountain in the Boston area. We have this big hill called Blue Hill, yeah. and they used to put the transmission towers oh, for Blue all hill. the radio stuff. So this stood for W Great Blue Hills. Oh, that's I, see, you learn something wow. on this show, don't you? Uh, also, <laughs> something completely useless, but. But you've learned something, and that's what really <laughs> that that, that really is my power position in this in this <laughs> They've dropped the W W no more. In fact, when I used to work back east in radio, it was the bane of every radio DJ's existence to say W W all the time. That's one letter, three syllables makes no sense. Also, Alex Lindsay, oh nine oh dot media and office hours dot global will you do a uh, deconstruction of the nasa stream with telestrator I'll, and all that i'll take a look at it uh, I, I haven't i haven't seen it because we were on on air and then i've been it in meetings kind of a, so, so it was kind of a wreck i'll take a look at it yeah kind of absolutely. a crash <laughs> but since office hours uh, today was about focus on audio i think you might 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll take a look at it. <laughs> you might want to take a, take a look. Why is he pointing at me? He's excited about okay. you. Me. Exactly. You. Office Hours needs you. Exactly. Our show today brought to you by our crowd. This is a crowd I want to be a part of. As rising interest rates, inflation, and global complexity throw the stock market into turmoil, a lot of investors, the savvy ones, are turning to, or at least looking for, alternative ways to grow their money. Uh, and, you know, if you have put away... Uh, you know, the appropriate amount of savings for emergencies, for retirement and all that stuff. I think it is, nece- it is necessary to kind of broaden your scope. Our crowd makes it easy for you to diversify your investments into a variety of expertly vetted high growth private companies across stages, geographies, and even industries, biotech, cybersecurity, renewable energy. These are the kinds of investments that really used to be reserved to the elite institutional investors. No one even would know about them because they haven't yet gone public. So, no, you know, they're, they're private, they're small, but, of course, that's where the greatest growth potential lies. Every month, our crowd vets hundreds of startups across the globe and then brings them to their members, a select few identified for outsized growth potential. Of course, you don't have to invest in any of these. And in fact, it's free to join Our Crowd. But it's a great way to find out about these investments ahead of time. Our Crowd backs these investments. They commit their own capital. They're not just throwing stuff at you. They're in. And they leverage their relationships with multinationals and global investment leaders to help drive their portfolio companies' growth. They're, they're in fact, venture capitalists. So they're in. They even have uh, not only some portfolio companies that you can invest in, but they have some funds you can invest in as well. Now, of course, there's a catch. Here's the catch. You have to be an accredited investor. And that's going to vary depending on what country you're in. In the U.S., it has there are income requirements and so forth. But if you are an accredited investor, you can discover investment opportunities well beyond the stock market. Uh, get in on the stuff that only the big shots have been able to get into up to now. Single company deals, you can get in as little as $10,000. The funds start at $50,000, but a minimum of 10000 is required to invest. And again, you have to be an accredited investor. Those terms may vary depending on where you invest. So what you need to do is go to ourcrowd.com slash MacBreak. First thing they'll ask you is what country uh, you're investing from, and then they'll tell you what the requirements are. If you meet those requirements, it's free to join the fastest-growing venture capital investment community in the world. Just to find out what's happening is fascinating. Ourcrowd.com slash MacBreak. A great way to get in these private market investments before everybody else does. Our cra- And that's the best time, right? Ourcrowd.com slash MacBreak. Thank you, our crowd, for your support. So, it's interesting. This is, uh, is this Apple's lockdown? Is this Apple's response to Pegasus, the NSO group's zero-click software that was used by nation states to target dissidents, journalists, bad guys? That's it. Yeah. Feels like it. Yeah, they got tired of the perception that I, the iPhone was insecure fundamentally because of these very specific tactics taken mostly by state actors who are paying NSO group. And so they decided they would just create a mode that turns off a bunch of stuff in iOS in order to reduce the attack surfaces. So your phone will be kind of crappy, but <laughs> this stuff won't work anymore because, you know, that's the challenge, right? Is like, I don't want to break everybody's iPhone. Right. Most people are not going to be 
like like this this lockdown feature feels like very much you know if you are in the target audience right. for this group you are a journalist or a dissident or a politician or a politician you are yeah. somebody who a probably a state actor would pay lots of money to get onto your phone and that's the that's the point here. I think it's also a funny move that Apple basically said we'll donate all the proceeds of any lawsuits we have against NSO <laughs> to the 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 foundation that's going to uh, research more security. A Ten million dollars yeah. cybersecurity grant, not to mention a two million dollar bug bounty bug for bounty. anybody who can break mm-hmm. lockdown. Uh, Google did this b- a couple of years ago. They did adv- the advanced protection program. You'd have to have two Titan keys, uh, and it was really <laughs> it was in response to the break in. Uh, of the Democratic National Committee's uh, email accounts. So they Google really said this is for politicians, public figures who might be targeted. Uh, yeah. this, goes a lo- this goes a lot farther, or it's diff- maybe not goes a lot farther, but is different. Apple already yeah, has it, two-factor. You know, as, as, as Jason said, it basically closes off uh, attack services. It's the difference between having a normal house and saying, okay, these windows let in light and they're pretty, but they're a place where burglars get in, so we're going to board them up. Uh, we're we're going to take, take off the doorbell. We're going to – all these things that make it less convenient. Take, things, things like – no, no, I'm, I'm, this is, I love it. Yeah, no, just this is I mean, this is exactly the sort of things we're talking about. Where uh, things things like uh, it's not going to accept any messages from anybody that you haven't interacted with before because there are no open uh, uh, message exploits. Where just just sending a, a malformed message to uh, to iMessage will cause uh, cause an effect infection. Uh, things like uh, uh, active scripts on uh, active code on uh, on the in the browser are being are, are turned off. If you if a phone is locked. Plugging it into uh, a data cable will do nothing, uh, and the, what's really—it's uh, that's kind of great. Google has, right? Google, Google will it Google charge? Has, well, that you can still charge, but the data is shut off. Yeah. No, yeah, no accessories so. can be used. Yep. But you could charge it. Mm-hmm. So that, that yeah, and, you know what? That would be worth turning on before you charge at the airport or at a right. bar. Just turn on lockdown yeah. mode. Well, it, and and I think that the, the the pushback will probably come from the intelligence communities because you know while they NSO like had that something so that much, do they? Small yeah. companies were small countries were able to buy it from NSO, but we should assume that the larger countries already had it. You know, and so they so this NS, is gonna, but the NSA know, for instance, they're not going to step up and say, "Hey, please don't turn on no. lockdown mode. We can't spy on you." <laughs> well, and and, and the problem that. is, is it would it would show it would show what they were doing, right. you know, and so I think that that would be very difficult. But I we just have to watch the the, the pushback will be. You know, what about terrorists and what about drug dealers and what about, you know, like that's going to be the. the oh, yeah. Apple, you're giving someone... them a tool. Consider the children. Yeah. Okay, so the so politics that's, that's is a huge part next. of this story. And I think one of the reasons Apple has made such a big deal out of the NSO group is because it's framing the story as being there's this shady profit making company that is acting as a mercenary selling to shady countries and shady quasi-government groups the way to break into the phones of heroic dissidents and journalists, right? That is a way better way to do this. the opening paragraph, actually. Than, than yeah. to say, um, also, this is going to stop the FBI, the FBI the from Bernardino. looking at... Yeah. yeah, exactly, right. Like So part of this is the framing of it, that Apple wants to frame it in this very particular way way and and it it honestly it does kind of make it hard if you're an american government official let's let's say to say well actually we're against this uh so i'm gonna i'm gonna disagree because (laughs) apple still has the loophole that law enforcement loves 
which is you can serve a search warrant to Apple for iCloud data. Of course. And everything backed up. To, and this does not turn that off. It doesn't off. turn off iCloud backups. It's hilarious. Everything that's backed up to iCloud <laughs> is available to law enforcement. And Apple is always going to keep that. I, I don't think. In fact, I actually think you've, Alex, said that Apple will some at some point turn that off. I think they leave that on because that's well, their still, safety valve, right? You can, you can turn it off. You, you can turn it off. You can turn it off. That's, that's so, the point is these so again, features are, are features that you otherwise couldn't control. Well, as, as an example yeah. of the San Bernardino shooter, Apple's first statement to the FBI is, well, just bring the phone back to his house. It'll back up to iCloud. We'll give you everything. Yeah. And then they said, oh, the FBI blew it because they didn't do that. They tried to unlock right. the phone first. And, well, and, and, and again, they're not they're not blind. You know, like there's a lot of things that they still know about your phone. They know where your phone is. They know who you talk to, who you were standing next to, who are you. You know, if you have two phones, they know both of those phones probably belong to you. And so, so there's a lot of things. And that they, they will still hand that over uh, if given a lawful well, no, subpoena. Yes, I'm saying they don't. They don't need Apple for that. Oh, they <laughs> don't need it. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, like yeah, you know, so, right. so the cell companies will tell them all those things. Yeah. And so, so I think that they. It's not like they're going blind, but you know, I think I still think that this is part of the kind of at an angle the way the intelligence community is trying to push this is I think there's a lot of push for breaking up the Apple store and, and, you know, opening that up because, you know, if it keeps on closing down like this, it gets really, really hard for them to get into. And they really want other, you know, less closed down systems available. So I think there's a whisper from industry, but there's also a whisper from, in, from intelligence uh, into our, our uh, Congress people's uh, ear of like, hey, we really need to crack this up so it can't be as, as tied down. Uh, so here's what happens with messages Message attachment types other than images are blocked. So you, and by the way, that's one of the ways NSO Group gets in is with a with a text message. Uh, this actually almost admits that Apple has problems with its uh, metadata rendering tool, which is, by the way, Microsoft has the same problems everybody does. That's kind of a notoriously difficult thing to secure. Right. It's literally your device is saying, I, ex- it's an I, interpreter. I accept arbitrary yeah. data. Just send it to me and I'll, tell, I'll interpret it. It's yeah. easier said than done. Yeah. Some features, and this is another good one, like link previews are disabled, so you won't see a preview popping up. That's That to me is not so onerous. I'd turn that on. Uh, when it comes to web browsing... They're following in the footsteps of Google. Google did a, some study uh, about six months ago that discovered that most of the flaws in browsers came from just-in-time JavaScript compilation, uh, JIT. So JITs are disabled unless the user ex- excludes a trusted site from lockdown mode. So I don't know how much that's going to break the Internet. Google does offer uh, or has talked about turning off JITs. In Chrome, which also, by the way, weirdly speeds up the browsing considerably. <laughs> so I'm not sure, you know, if this is a feature that it might be something you do want to turn on. I suspect it is. We've talked about this on security now. Uh, as for Apple services, incoming invitations and service requests, including FaceTime calls, are blocked. But only if you have not previously sent a request to the initiator. So if it's somebody you know, somebody you've talked to before, not blocked. But strangers, stranger danger, we're going to block them. Again, I think everybody should turn this on so far. <laughs> uh, wired connections, as you mentioned, Jason, with a computer or accessory are blocked when the iPhone is locked. So uh, that's important because people charge, they plug in their you know, phone to systems that they just don't know about. And, and again, that's, that's not that's a bad also, thing. Also, many, that's a good thing. Also, Turn also, that significant, significantly, that's the tools that law enforcement uses when they celebrate. When they, when they, yeah, exactly. When they just grab your phone <gasps> while you're 
That's what this is. Can I quickly quickly search your car permission? This is anti-celebrite. That's what that is. (gasps) So if you see any way to get in, I mean, this is like a fail, one fail swoop to attempt to first, they're saying there's a big bonus if you figure out how to get in, but this is a big attempt to close off all the, all the doors that were opened. It also turns off profiles. Uh, That's, this is the only one that I actually use profiles because I use uh, next DNS and I put a profile on my iPhone that allows it to become the DNS provider. Uh, it, configuration profiles cannot be installed. And it, I mean, that is, you know, that's a big fat hole. If you could, if you as a bad guy could get a profile installed on the phone, the device cannot enroll into MDM while lockdown mode is turned on. MDM, which we were just talking about with the Collide ad, and I know they're one of your sponsors too. Yeah, sure. MDM. Uh, is how uh, IT sometimes will lock down devices. But it's also, remember, um, one of the parental uh, uh, per, you know, lockdown apps uh, got busted because they were using MDM inappropriately. It's designed for enterprise. They were using it to, yep. per, to control what kids could do on the There's phone. a lot of rules of, like, you can't do that on an iPhone that are actually have a little footnote that says, except if it's in an organization, right. uh, and then you turn on MDM and you can distribute apps, right. and so you can create sort of like a, a piracy ring where you distribute apps. There's so many different things you can do because it's like, it's literally a place where Apple's locked it down for regular users and then said for corporate users, oh no, it's okay. You can do this. And then that gets exploited and you end up with these scenarios where people are installing profiles that they don't know what they do in order to get this app that they want to use yeah. or get this feature they want to use and and uh it's interesting though that it says uh profiles can't be installed which i i find that fascinating because i think it may suggest that you can have a profile on your phone but when you turn on lockdown mode it's not going to install new ones new profiles so i could have my that next dns profile but it would lock oh that's interesting. might be might be because because you know they they've made it easy again it's one of those things where apple's made it easier to install a profile which is great as a user because you're like oh it just you tap d- download and it says okay it's over in your settings um but that also makes it dangerous because yeah. it's so easy so lockdown mode we turn that off would you turn on turn on lockdown mode jason i wouldn't i might I might. You have it. You could. I, I could, but... It's, by the way, it's not just uh, iPhone. Just it's ma- iPad and Mac. And Mac. It, it just makes your... It's just going to make it inconvenient, though. That's but you don't want to do any of these things. I would rather not uh, lose all those features if I could avoid it. But if I felt... But I'll tell you, if a man in a suit came to my door and said, there's a country that is uh, on the other side of the planet that is mad at you. Lockdown. I lockdown. would turn on lockdown, lockdown. mode immediately. Yeah. Andy, that, would that, you use it? That, that, um, I would turn it on, and then as soon as it becomes inconvenient, turn it right yeah, off. Yeah, me too. That's what it. I'll do. But, <laughs> but, but, my but, the, the, but the, the great the great thing about it is that I mean, for there have been a lot of people who are in that sort of situation where, hey, your name has appeared on a list of people who have been targeted, whose devices have been targeted by uh, NSO spyware, uh, and then they're, oh my god, what do I do? Like, don't know. But but just to right. let you know now the now the answer is turn on this. Whereas the the other the uh, the old advice used to be maybe stop using your phone entirely or get a, buy a special super hardened phone that is absolutely just like a flip phone from from two from nineteen ninety nine or turn this thing on. It will give you enough protection that you could at least continue to get, to, get, to to use apps like Signal and still get uh, still contact the uh, the dissidents that you are writing about that people want to kill you for for writing about. Would you turn it on, uh, Alex? There are times when I've done jobs where I would definitely yes. turn it on because I was probably at risk. When you go, <laughs> so, in, the, when so you the, go in the White House, do they uh, do they take your phone and put it in a bag? Nope. 
No. Not in the White House. There's other government buildings other that they do take your take I your, know the Pentagon, your watch. They, they often do. You know, that, but yeah. but the um, but they but they not in the White House. The the White House mostly is if you want to plug into the network, they give you. They're like I always tell everyone. Just when you plug that Ethernet in, just know that a lot of things are going to look yeah. at your computer. So the um, uh, so uh, well, so that anyway, makes sense. The, I would hope so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, absolutely. So, uh, it, but I I don't see again. There are times when I was doing things that I you know. Um, that you know I love for how Alex gets when he's trying to mm-hmm. circumlocute what so but 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 I but I there are times when I would not I would have turned it on yeah absolutely. yeah I asked Amy Webb this because she does a lot of work with the Pentagon she says yeah when you go on a skiff you you give them your phone yeah. uh, she says it always makes me nervous because who knows what's going on with that phone while it's in the bag well I would even say if you do a lot of work with the Pentagon you may want to turn this on lockdown right? yes. Well, and, and a lot of times you just, if you know you're going into a building that's going to take your phone, you just don't bring it with you. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. like it's just right. it's a lot safer to, to, to do that. Does this sell iPhones? Is this enough so that uh, people who are looking for a There were, you know, there's like the black phone. There are, there are these phones. And every time somebody crum, comes up with one of these super secure phones, the security, you know, community goes, yeah, right. Except for that thing, one, th- you know, or you could use this or none of this stuff is really secure. Maybe this is going to make a market. Uh, for the iPhone, I've I remember talking to Phil Zimmerman, I think it was, I, I, who does w- who created PGP. He said I would never take an Android phone at to Black Hat, for instance, or right. well, and, and, and I think that I think that it is serving a relatively small group of people. Like in the grand scheme of how many iPhones Apple does, I don't think it's going to really affect. Maybe there'll be enough paranoid people that will buy another half a million phones, but but it's really serving like five or ten thousand people that are really targets of state actors maybe well, a little bit more now that russia and china are doing what they're doing so but but it's not you know you the phone is pretty secure on its own yeah. and so this is like maybe the next really president secure. won't get a highly modified windows ce <laughs> phone or a blackberry but get an iphone oh, right. with lockdown so why why apple does this because alex is right you know the the potential market here is incredibly small yeah um why does Apple do something like this? And the answer is because it's bad publicity for Apple to have a story about a dissident yes. in a far off country who is kidnapped and thrown in jail yes. or executed by a oppressive regime because they got hacked using their iPhone, right? It's like that is a story Apple doesn't want to exist. And so it's th- that's really what's going on here. Is I do think, yes, of course, less cynically, Apple doesn't want their products they hate that the NSO group is hacking their products. They hate it. And they don't want any company, any government to do that. But the other part of it is that they don't want the perception that the Apple platforms are unsafe because privacy and security are one of their selling points. And Presumably, that's really the story. They're, they're doing everything they can to block zero-click exploits like the Pegasus exploit. Sure. Uh, but you, re- and you, you can't really put out a press release about that. That's just your ongoing security research so this is nice because it's a nice press release that you can put out i, I do I, I i do think that uh, the primary driver is simply that the uh, google and apple they both take an enormous amount of pride in security that this is something that that has to be done just on principle just to keep the technology moving forward and this is part of their responsibility as the people who are creating the technology that other people use uh, and i i really believe that the the match that lit the fuse was a team inside of apple saying look 
uh, we don't we don't, we've been looking at ways to lock out all this sort of stuff. A good intermediary step would be what if we just give people a mode that they could use, and then it rolled off from there. I don't I don't think it was necessarily a response to bad PR, uh, although that certainly was uh, was was part of it. Uh, I do think this is mostly a principled response. That, look, the the, the quest the question that a lot of us should be asking technology companies is, you didn't even try to do the very least that you could do. We can't expect you to solve the entire problem, but why didn't you do at least the least that you could do? This is better than the least that they could do, and I'm glad that Apple did it. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's beneficial in so many different ways because it lets them take pride in their uh, in their product being more secure. It means that they're not going to have stories out there about people's iPhones betraying them. Sure. Um, it, it is. Uh, it allows them to attack the and put out uh, a reward right for for people who can try to break this thing. Like it, it's a winner on all fronts except for what Alex mentioned earlier, which is it's a winner on all fronts unless the narrative gets changed to be Apple is helping bad guys with this. Show of hands. Anybody order a MacBook uh, Air M2 last Friday? You did. What color? Uh, Midnight. Midnight. It's the only color. (laughs) Alex, Andy? Nope. Nope. Not yet. As tempted as as I was by the range of colors, about gray, darker gray, and an even darker version Mm -hmm. of gray. Nope. (laughs) Yeah, silver, uh, silver, gray, 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 and gray, gray, yeah. silver, uh, slightly off, yellowy silver, and dark gray. But midnight blue is going to be nice. Yeah, it well, is. Bring it it is blue. That one you have to come in when you get it. Sure, absolutely. What is your ship date? Uh, early August. Early yeah. August. They, they, it seems like they built because they're having supply chain issues. It looks like they built a lot of the base models. Uh, so if you ordered the the pure base model, you might have gotten them th- but this Friday, week. yeah. But, but then uh, it flipped because I so yeah. uh, I got up at five a.m. on Friday because I'm an idiot, and uh, and uh, immediately ordered the top of the line. You know, max it out two terabytes, twenty four gigabytes, ten core uh, GPU or whatever, um, and it said August 9th. And uh, which, of course, is not this Friday. Some people will get it Friday. But now if you order the base model, it's later and it, and it's August 9th for the build to order. So well, that's because they've run out of the base models that they built yeah. in advance, right? They so, have a lot of them. Yeah, but it sounds like immediately if you ordered anything but the build to order, you were already going to be late July or early August. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is a. I mean, by the, the way, story I did not push is, the buy button. I'm just. I played with. Yeah, it. I mean, it's fun. It's fun to I was so put tempted. things in your cart, put in the bag. See, it's still in the bag. Yeah, I mean, it's still, it's still in the bag there. <laughs> <laughs> just waiting, waiting for me to come along and check out. But I ain't gonna do it. Also, chose Midnight Blue. You might know. Yeah, it's 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 the best. Just uh, in case you're curious, max it out twenty five hundred bucks. I'm for an, for an air. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking though two terabytes after okay and we talked about this last week Renee I think debunked it uh, after seeing the overheating problems with the MacBook Pro 13 M2 Uh, I kind of want to wait till some people get the M2 MacBook Air and find out like Jason find out what he thinks <laughs> yeah i mean that, that is the the question is there's no cooling in this at all although it, it, it was engineered you know this is a new enclosure so they built it knowing what chip was going to go in it and so they must know what the thermal profile is here um i think the truth is that if you're going to press it like that story last week if you're going to press it to that level you probably shouldn't be buying a macbook air or a macbook pro or that 13 inch macbook yeah. pro which should wait, probably not be called for a, pro, a studio right? or something yeah, yeah exactly yeah um i uh yeah, as tempted as I am, it, it makes sense this chip would be hotter. It's got more transistors. It's yeah. bigger. Uh, it's about 20% faster, so maybe 20% hotter. 
So it makes sense. But we, again, the the Pro did not have a redesigned chassis. Right. So it's the, it's a hotter chip with the same cooling capabilities as the M1. Presumably the MacBook Air being fully redesigned. Also, let's be clear. I mean, the only way that that he I know Renee talked about this, but the only way that that overheating, that oh, throttling, not only did the throttling yeah. still, it was still faster than the M1, but you have to max out the CPU and then max out the GPUs right. with a video render. Almost nobody will ever be in that situation. Right. <laughs> uh, and and yeah, all of my M1 experiences have been, can I export 4K video and so, do a bunch of other things? Yeah. And it gets a little warm and that's about it. So I would anticipate it'll be kind of like that for the air. But you're right. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's the why, why we have product reviewers yeah. <laughs> is to try this stuff out and say. Uh, Geekbench, uh, some, some Geekbench benchmarks have started to emerge for the Mac 14, 2. Uh, yeah, there's a number. It's, I don't know what it means. There, it's the lesson we've learned. I mean, Andy knows this too. It's the lesson we've learned about the Apple Silicon is that the chip is the chip is the chip is the chip. <laughs> they can put it in a different enclosure. It's the chip. Three, an M1 is an gigahertz. M1. Yep. An M2 yep. is an M2. Yep. An M1 Pro is an M1 Pro. Like they, they don't really vary. All those M1s are exactly the same computer in a different wrapper. And I would be shocked if the M2s aren't the same. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, we're going to have to... We're, we're, I'm still, we're, we're just entering the range in which Apple is going to be expected to and can differentiate one model from the other. I mean, uh, I, and along with everybody else, is wondering, okay, if this is what you can... If this is the capacity you can get inside a MacBook Air, largely because the thermals are so much better in this new generation of chips, what is going to define a MacBook Pro now? Is it going to be connectivity? Is it going to be size? Is it going to be screen? Is it going to be battery? Because... Honestly, it's it's hard to if if you really want to dump a lot of money into a su- supremely powerful device that can do nearly everything you would want a mobile computer to do. Uh, MacBook Air is really there for at least eighty percent of the people out there. So I, I'm hoping there's a revolution coming for the MacBook Pro. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean this is fun. According to these Geekbench results, the M2 MacBook Air outperforms the base model Mac Pro Tower, which costs five thousand dollars <laughs> more. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's got the Xeon uh, W in it, but you know that how when that's five, yeah. three years old, four years old. Well, and let's not forget too, um, the classic story here is nobody, almost nobody, is upgrading from the M1 to the M2. Right? They're going from Intel. They're going to get the enormous leap in performance and battery life that you go from Intel to M1, and then a fifteen percent bonus above that for the uh, for the M2. So that's that's the true story here, right? More than anything else, is that. These are people coming from late generation Intel laptops. My wife is using a 2018 MacBook Air Intel, and it's a you know it, it's I used it the other day, and it's incredibly slow and it's miserable to use. So I'm really looking forward to um, getting her on Apple Silicon too because it's going to be a huge leap for her, even if she just goes to the M1 and if she goes to the M2, another 10 percent on top of that. How could you let your wife still be on Intel? I was waiting for this new MacBook Air to come out. Honestly. Oh, okay then. So she's getting the Midnight Blue. No, she's no. going to get my M1 Ma- MacBook Air and I'm going to take the M2. You know M2. what? I do the same thing to my wife. Yeah, she's going to get a little hand-me-down. And that's when I say, oh, you know, the M1 is the M1 is they're the still M1 is the M1. They're all the same. They're all good. Matter. It's Apple yeah. Silicon. Mm-hmm. It's great. You know what they're not selling? The Touch Bar. It's vintage. Now, the first <laughs> Touch Bar MacBook Pro. It's vintage. Is that like wide wide lapels? Yeah. Acid-washed MacBooks now. Yeah, yeah. 
The first MacBook Pro with a touch bar has now been added to the vintage products list. It also has a butterfly keyboard, yeah. so it's good stuff. It's not never never too soon to deprecate. You I'm get, glad they're getting rid of the touch bar. That's the that's the reason. Other reason I buy an M2 MacBook Pro 13 because I don't want the touch bar. I mean, do we know that for a fact? Of course, they're getting rid of the touch of course bar. But they I like are. I, I like kind of uh, saying, well, you know, they haven't said they're getting rid of the touch that's bar. True. They still sell a touch bar. They are they making do. a computer with a touch bar they made today. A brand new one in 2022. Brand new one with a touch bar. They never they they never the, the code word at Apple is never well that that didn't work out so we're replacing it. It's like we've made the we've made the MacBook Pro that everybody loves and we've made it so people love it even more. Yeah, that's right. Like, okay. With function keys and yeah, not exactly. the touch bar. A butterfly keyboard that everybody loves. We're in our third iteration of making people love it even more. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh Alex just had to take off. Sorry about that, but uh thank God I've got Jason and Andy here, I think I they can pick is, up the slack. Is is the queen okay? Is what news? Yeah, I'm, I'm worried that Alex has gone into lockdown. <laughs> I think I think the Pentagon has, called. And, has London uh, Bridge fallen? <laughs> yes, London Bridge has fallen. Okay, so uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, anyway, we were we, all thinking it. <laughs> yeah, so you know. Um, <laughs> Tony, uh, sorry, Emmy Awards uh, out, and Apple has. I have to say, I did not like the first round of Apple TV Plus uh, shows. Was not impressed by the morning show. Even Ted Lasso was good, but not great. Wow, you have no heart. No what is heart. wrong with you? I have what no is heart. wrong with you? I am the black Ted heart. Lasso is great. No, oh, it wasn't great. Uh, but. <sighs> I have liked a lot some of the new Apple TV Plus stuff like Slow Horses. Uh, Very, very good. They've done some... Severance. Severance. Amazing. Mm -hmm. So I feel like Apple... And this... You know what? What a surprise. They were brand new at this. Took them a little while. They started to gain some traction. Um, The Hollywood Critics Association Awards. Oh, I thought these were the Emmys. Uh, the most nominated streaming. Who are the? Is this like the Foreign Press Awards? Is this another Golden Globe kind of a thing? The Hollywood Critics Association not gave Apple fifty three nominations. The most nominated streaming service. Severance and Ted Lasso, best drama, best comedy, twelve nominations each. So obviously, I am just a Grinch, and Ted Lasso is in fact great. Mm-hmm. 16 acclaimed programs, including, I'm reading from the press release, can you tell? Including major category recognitions for Acapulco, The After Party, Carpool Karaoke, The Series, Central Park, Dickinson, The Last Days of Ptolemy Gray, The Morning Show, Pachinko, Prehistoric Planet, The Problem with Jon Stewart, Schmigadoon, which unaccountably has been renewed. Did you watch Schmigadoon? It was pretty funny, actually. Okay, okay. It's a parody of of, uh, 50s and 60s musicals. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was... The first episode was fun. Yeah. Wasn't going to watch it goes more on than in that, that. It goes on in that vein. It's on a very long vein. Saturday Night Live sketch. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. But a funny one. I got the, I got the point. You, got, you did get I it. I got the point. They're in a musical, Leo. They're in a musical. That's the, yeah. Mm-hmm. Slow Horses. Yeah. We Crash, which, by the way, another fantastic <laughs> miniseries. The Emmys did come out today, by the way. So yeah. I'm reading the wrong uh, list. Yeah, so the Emmys yeah. came and out. Ted we... Lasso got a nomination for Best <laughs> Comedy, Severance for Best Drama. So okay. they did... They kind of duplicated. They did repeat yeah. in the in the top categories there. Yeah. <laughs> I apologize. I don't know how I... I guess I was reading an Apple press release. There's my, yeah, I mean, there's that's my an error. Also, you, 
we should we okay. should also rec- we should also recognize that the Hollywood uh, the Hollywood uh, Critics Association. I think they have separate categories for network cable. Oh, and streaming, so they so, would do well in streaming. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm, screw, I'm yeah. See, best streaming documentary, best streaming yeah, reality show, okay. best so so but, in but the actual you, if, if real awards, <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the awards that you will put in the background yeah. when you're doing when you're doing like yeah. a, a video chat with somebody. Precisely the one yeah. you're going to put on your mantle, uh, Succession, big time, and I'm glad because that is the best TV show that was ever made, uh, the most nominations. But yeah, Severance is in that drama category. That's a tough category, and Ted Lasso in the in the comedy category, yeah. also a tough category. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one last year for best comedy. It will face off against only murders in the building. The Steve Martin, Martin Short, Selena mm-hmm. Gomez vehicle. Uh, only murders in the building. Seventeen again. Not a. I hope Steve's not listening. But not a great show. Oh, uh, wow! You the Grinch strikes I, again. I have there, high when standards. You, when, you, I, when you had your heart removed, did, 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 did they <laughs> fill it with like packing, or is it just a void that's with you all the time? Netflix three nominations. By the best, way, the best best comedy on that list is Hacks on HBO Max. I enjoyed Hacks. Fantastic. Again, not a great show. Oh man, you're just killing me. <laughs> you're killing me. I love Gene Smart. You're killing and me. And it's great to see. Um, so, what's the best comedy then? What's the best on that list? What's the best well, show let me on look that at list? The list. I, I didn't see the list, so let me see. It ain't the White Lotus. Barry. Is that on the list? Barry. No, Barry. No. Did you see the last yeah. episode of no, Barry? Didn't. Kind of depressing. What else? Oh, what yeah. else we got? Curb Your Enthusiasm, season 90,000. <laughs> yeah. That's a long running. What We Do in the Shadows not... is great. Okay, What We Do in the Shadows. That's Love a, that, that show. That would be up there for me. That's maybe. a great show. Um, all right. But Apple getting you know getting awards. They they're love it. in there. You know they love it. They're in the you running. They they're it. in there. They're pl- they're in the game. That's it, and that's yeah. all that really matters. Uh, Squid Game. They're speaking of games. <laughs> got a nomination. Uh, Stranger Things. Ozark. Um, all right. So those are the real awards. But Apple. Uh, how many? How many did they get? A handful. Uh, it's hard to hard to find. Yeah. But yeah, I'll see. It's it's also weird because uh, I I like most of America seems to have like gone away from like broadcast television. The only time I see it is when I'm picking out things to record for next week for my Plex DVR and sitcoms. There's they just don't exist on network television anymore, and they're lost. And dramas are now just down to whoever was on a nighttime drama 12 years ago playing a cop or a firefighter so really is this is this is the this is the the king's ransom for uh for streaming platforms because this is where comedy is being made this is where real drama is being made i am happy to see ria seahorn nominated for her fantastic role in better call saul which mm, what a surprise she kim, was she was she's been ignored for many yeah. seasons kim wexler very very good finally getting her nomination I think part, yeah. Can I do a plug I think part, for uh, oh, the Apple TV show that we haven't mentioned and never gets mentioned and never gets put in awards is For All Mankind, which I think is actually spectacularly good and keeps getting better. And keeps getting better. I think that's important. I think yeah. season three is like it's and it manages to be a family drama and also a space action drama at the same time. And it's real good, people. If you haven't watched For All Mankind, you've got two full seasons and half of season three already out there. 
and there it's just it's really good yeah. it's, really it's, great. it's an alter, alternative reality uh, space program yeah the russians not, got there first which is yeah and so everybody fun. keeps their foot on the gas in yeah. terms of space yeah. stuff yeah. including china so, so it's yeah. not far far future not, not not so far future that it doesn't feel like it's connected to our reality because yeah. most and because and most of the design is based on well what if uh, what if this uh, space shuttle eva eva suit but if the same design the same designers were being trying to build something else in the 1990s and yeah. 1980s it's, Season no, one is set in the seventies, season two in the eighties, and season three in the nineties. Like yeah, but they're going to Mars. It's in no the 90s. space force, but it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> famous, famous, famously. I don't even know what's I'm real and what's a lie. I'm now, teasing you. Know. Yeah, I, know. I don't no. even know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> can, I, can I? Can I? Can I just? Can I just warn you, Leo? You, if you if you thought that like Renee and I could really start disrupting the show, talking about like comics and pop culture. Imagine Jason and I, that relationship, plus another 15 years, and this is the amount of trouble that you're in, especially when Alex leaves. Well, uh, I already <laughs> verified that Jason is not the comic book nerd that Renee is, so yeah. So we're going to... Babylon 5. But we'll, <laughs> what we're going <laughs> to lose the in reboot. comic books, we're going to gain Now, when the in Minbari, TV. Yeah, well, I, I do know comic book stuff, but not like Renee, not even close. Yeah. Not even close. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, maybe you could bone up. All right, Randy. I'll get Renee okay. to teach me. Okay. I really think the Drach are going to be coming back in a big way in the reboot. I really oh. think so. You know, uh, you you wear green and I wear purple. That's the Drazi way. You know we what? fight to the death. Oh. My paso de arde. <laughs> nice to have you on the show. <laughs> uh, what else? What else? What is happening? What else is happening? <laughs> what is happening to me? Um, midnight moves to mid-August. Space Gray model still the fastest option available if you want to get your MacBook Air. It's because Space Gray is the most boring of colors. We've already established this. Yes. That's for boring people. Midnight is obviously the only. It's a it's option. it's a good it's a good P, it's a good substrate for stickers as a P two edition, mm. which we can grow a farm of stickers. It's great. I I am a little baffled, and I'm definitely disappointed by those color selections on the MacBook Air. I know you can't get your heart set on rumors. There were rumors <clears throat> that they were going to do the iMac colors on the MacBook Air. I would have loved to have seen that. But it's such a weird smattering of colors, right? Because it's silver and space gray. It's the old standards. And then they bring in the 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 starlight and the and the midnight. But it's like, yes, as Andy said earlier, it's kind of different shades of gray. Um, <laughs> and I, I am a little surprised that they didn't choose one kind of popping color. Because the one color that is there for real is midnight. But unless you're literally... Because at... At WWDC, I got to hold one. Unless you're literally holding it so that the reflection <laughs> bounces off the metal into your eyeballs, it just is black. Only when you can bounce it with just the right light does it look blue at all. And I just I wish they had done something a little brighter, but maybe next time. Maybe the supply it's chain. A subtle let's blame, blue. It's let's subtle. blame the supply chain yeah. for it. Also, color getting a color right is is amazingly hard. It's not just like picking a, a picking a color out of a color palette offered by the manufacturer. It re, getting it getting it so that that can be formulated and reproduced exactly point 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 yeah. point point as you're making. I, that's that said. I mean, Apple does have the resources, and I'm I'm, I'm with you, Jason. When I one of the nice, one of the most exciting things about rumors about the MacBook Air was going to be if you want a purple one, like just like you'll Mac. If you want a purple one, get a purple one. If you want a candy red one, get a candy red one. So. I, I'm really hoping that they at least, as the when they're trying to, when they're not, up, uh, they're in the middle of the cycle, they're not ready to update the hardware yet, but they're ready to get people who were on the fence to actually remember that they want to buy a MacBook Air. <laughs> right. They, just like with the, just now like with the phone. Now there's a they red suddenly, one. <laughs> exactly. There's a whole commercial about I mean, it. I, to, hope they, I hope they expand the palette. To yeah. be fair to Apple, um, 
the iMac and the MacBook Air are different. The iMac sits in a room, so you choose the color and you put it in a room and it is there. Whereas a laptop, you're taken from place to place. So I can I can see an argument that maybe um, one you have to get that color to work in wherever you take it, and maybe it stands out in places the ways in ways you don't want. And also, you take your laptop in maybe professional contexts. Maybe you don't want to stand out. It has been a very long time since Apple made a colorful laptop. They made that original iBook, and they basically, after that, said, no, we're going to go to boring. And yep. maybe there is an argument to be made that people don't, as much as people love the colorful iMac and might like it in their home when it's their laptop that they're toting from place here's, to place. Maybe they don't want a bright blue laptop. Here's my theory. People do like bright blue, but they also like bright red. They also like bright green. And you're splitting those sales up into many SKUs. And Apple does not like multiple SKUs. Except the iMac. I mean, that's my counter argument is well, that they have seven colors. Of, well, sorry, point. six colors of iMac and then silver. Yeah. <laughs> silver also, is not a color. Not a color. Also, I would buy a product also, red M2 MacBook Air today. If red. they had a product red, I would absolutely yeah. buy it. But, but also to be fair, it's not as though in the Windows side of things we have a lot of adventure there either. So no. yeah. we, we just hope we just hope for more from Apple. I, th- I do wonder if there's some laptop buying psychology that's fundamentally. I, I like. I, I, I say right. I like bright colors, but when I put it in my bag right. and I'm going to a job interview, I, I actually don't want my bright purple laptop because everybody's oh, going to go, point. "Ooh, what's with the purple laptop?" Well, and also, what is the percentage of laptop sales that are business versus uh, personal? Right, and it may be that bi- I mean, I'm sure a business well, isn't going to want a well, color. But they're right? not going to. I mean, they're not going to make you buy a color. They'll they'll make you do space gray. But I think there is the question of like if nobody wants to buy a color because right. they just want to be more then conservative when they're out in the world. There's a bunch of yeah. somewhere just in, the, in Africa. There's a bunch of children with purple uh, MacBooks. And, Maybe. Uh, well, just, yeah. just, just, just buy a shell if you want, like, bizarre colors. So. Yeah, you yeah, can. That's, that's what I do, right? Or that's get a true. skin or whatever. By the way, we counted, actually, 9 to 5, Mac counted, Apple TV Plus 52 nominations. That's nice. a lot. They had 34 nominations last year. So the Emmy committee obviously agrees Apple is kind of on a, a roll. The morning show did not get nominated. Thank you. Oh, thank you. The worst show. No, the actors did. Actors did. Actors did, did but not, but not, the, not for best drama. Yeah. Then, yeah. Uh, by the way, apparently, I didn't know this, there's a commercials category, and Apple got nominated for, for two commercials. Their iPhone 13 Pro Detectives one. That's a great commercial. All right, with the focus. For the rack, rack zoom focus on the detective. What if I were the leading character what if i did the murder that was a great one why, why, why am i in the why am i blurred but well, yeah. you're just a background character that is well, one of the best commercials of the year absolutely and then i don't remember this everyone but john ham oh yeah that's the one where john ham is watching tv and seeing promos for apple tv and is very upset he's not in he's it. not in any of them <laughs> <laughs> a little self-referential severance got a lot of nominations which is great as did ted lasso uh didn't see a lot of nominations for uh, foundation uh, in fact, as far no. as I can tell, the only nomination for foundation was for outstanding main title design. They have special effects. Oh, they get special nomination effects too. too but okay. That's about it. Yeah, foundation uh, not one of Apple's best. Finally, before we get to our picks, did they tell you that we do picks of the week every week? I you, already knew. You knew that? Okay. I've been on before. <laughs> I know how it works. Just teasing. What up? What up, bro? <laughs> uh, I should have made this my pick of the week. If you play Oregon Trail on Apple Arcade, and who doesn't? Uh, you will like knowing that the new Oregon Trail Apple Watch app will track your steps for in-game progress. So they'll actually tell you how close to Oregon you are. If you wanted to visit your ducks, mm. you could walk there. Um, I think it's kind of a great idea. Include steps. 
the health app can also tell you how close you are to having dysentery. <laughs> you have died of dysentery. So let me play this uh, this trailer for the Oregon Trail. Here you are walking. No oxen, no problem. <laughs> Transform your daily walks into, and wheelchair pushes and runs, into a westward journey. So you can find out how close you are to 2,000 miles all the way across the country. I think that's great. You've arrived like, at Fort, Fort Kearney. I love this, that idea. This was, this was like a, a, an Apple Basic app, like in the, what, 1978? Right, on your yeah. Apple II. Who would have yeah. guessed that it's still around like 40 years later? That's, 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 that's cultural heritage, man. Yeah, it's really awesome. It actually makes... I, I am too old to have played Oregon Trail in grade school. You played. I, I think I just missed it. Yeah, yeah. yeah Our too. kids probably did. But, uh, in fact, I remember when Abby went to kindergarten, there were still some Apple IIs in the, yeah, yeah. In the classroom. Yeah. I thought, well, that's... <laughs> they, they lasted a lot longer that's than you nice. might think. So she probably played uh, Oregon Trail. All right, we're going to take a break and then come back with your picks of the week. Again, Alex uh, had to take off, sorry, unexpectedly. The president called, and you know how that is. When the phone goes off, you've got to run. <laughs> the, the bat phone sir, was engaged. <laughs> sir, sir the, 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 the reason why you're seeing yourself and not your grandkids is you've got the <laughs> selfie camera. Just look, for the, look for the button that, sir, sir oh, give me the phone, sir. Hang on. <laughs> I think you're right. Oh, my God. You're muted. Uh, <laughs> this episode of MacBreak Weekly brought to you by Express VPN. Okay, sure, you can use lockdown mode. But, you know, as you go online and do those Google searches or visit those websites, even in lockdown mode, they know exactly who you are. Uh, and your phone carrier knows exactly where you're go- going. In fact, Verizon has even admitted to it. They say it's so we can better understand your interests. We want to know what you buy at the grocery store so we can better understand your interests, really all they do really is sell those interests to advertisers. Stuff like the sites you've visited, things you've been up to online. Uh, maybe you want a little more privacy than that. Maybe you want to use ExpressVPN. It's the only VPN I use. Partly because I could put it everywhere. Smart TVs, phones, computers, even on some routers. And ExpressVPN is so fast if you put it on the router to protect your whole household. Nobody's going to complain. You can watch HD video. Because they invest in the network. And I look for that in a VPN provider. There's some things I really look for. One is they do not log. And this is a very important one. Because after all, if you're trying to avoid being spied on and then your VPN provider spies on you, you haven't done anything to improve your privacy. Not only does ExpressVPN not log, they go to extra lengths not to log. In fact, there was a great article in uh, Bleeping Computer a couple of months ago about how ExpressVPN protects your privacy. They created something called Trusted Server, an open-source VPN server. It runs in RAM. Can't, it's sandbox, cannot write to disk, so they couldn't log if they wanted to. Furthermore, they run on a, a specially uh, constructed Debian installation that automatically refreshes itself every day, wipes the whole drive, so there are there are zero logs of what you've been doing online. So not only do you not have to worry about your ISP spying on you, you don't have to worry about a government agency. And, and I, in some countries, uh, they don't knock. They just come and they take the servers. There's nothing on it. ExpressVPN protects your privacy, allows you to watch videos all over the world without geographic restriction. 
And they invest in their network in a couple of ways that are so important. I mentioned bandwidth. That's really important. But they also rotate their IP addresses. That's super important if you want to eliminate geographic restrictions. Because people don't know. Google doesn't know. No one knows that. Oh, that I, I know that's an ExpressVPN IP address. No, they don't. They're constantly updating their IP addresses. And whether you're an iPhone, Android, tablet user, whatever, ExpressVPN works on all of your devices. And somebody asked me this, and I'm glad to let you know, one subscription can be used on five devices at the same time. So no problem. Get the whole family using ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is the only way to protect yourself online. The only VPN I use and recommend. When your phone carrier tracks you, that's a gross invasion of privacy. You can keep letting them cash in on you, or you can visit expressvpn.com slash MacBreak to get the same VPN I use. Take back your online privacy today. If you use our link, you'll get three months free with a one-year package. That's the best deal. A little bit less than 7 bucks a month. I think that's a really fair price to pay. You want to pay for a VPN because you want to be the customer, not the product, right? expressvpn.com slash Mac break. They are committed to your privacy and security. ExpressVPN.com slash Mac break. We thank them so much for their support of Mac break weekly. And of course, if you want to support us, very important, use those uh, addresses that the uh, advertisers give you so that they know you saw it here. Oh, I got a pick of the week. Prime day air tags, four pack, 85 bucks. Yeah, not really. No. Oh. <laughs> no, you can stock all kinds of Such people. Such a deal. <laughs> Such a deal. I got I bought four when they came out. Twenty five yeah. bucks each, a hundred bucks for four. Uh, I keep I've one in my bag one. when I travel. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, don't lose it. Yeah, in case you yeah. lose one. I gave one to my uh Lisa. I, I kept two. I gave one to Lisa and then one to Michael, and they put it in their I think they put it in their bags, which yeah. is good. Um I wish it was small thin enough to put in my wallet. Um but that's life. Andy, your pick of the week this week. Uh, just one quick piggyback on what you just said. I mean, it, uh, it is, quote, prime week, unquote, that a lot of other companies are getting in the back of. I don't like to promote rampant consumerism just because of marketing. Uh, but is I, I do have that kind of bookmark in my mind because uh, for the past three months, every time I was looking at, like, a phone charger, I was about to put my laptop back. Say, Gee, I kind of want to replace that with a GAN charger or the times where it's like, oh, geez, I really need a 512 gig, uh, like, a memory stick uh, or, a, or USB stick. That's when you wait because Anchor usually has, like, a store-wide sort of sale sand disk will have like a store-wide sale so that's a, that's what i kind of like to recommend for that kind of stuff uh but my actual pick of the week we we're talking mean, we were talking about james webb telescope which is a good time as time as any to remind people how how the, the great work that phil plate the astronomer does uh in astronomy communication and uh, and talking about every scientific advance everything that's interesting everything that's relatable it's so funny aren't relatable which you should mention this because i was gonna email phil to get him on our uh, our coverage this morning then i yeah. I realized that NASA had plenty of astronomers to talk about it. But yeah. uh, Phil is the bad astronomer, bad astronomer who is the best yep. astronomer. I love him. Yeah, he's, so he's, that was, I, he, he, I'm sure he regrets. I've known him for like 15, 15 years, too. The, yeah, because he, he, you remember he started off as a blog of just like deep, looking at astronomy in movies and TV shows and saying, well, that's the bad bad depictions of astronomy. But now he's like known as the bad astronomer. But it but does mean not. that if you he's can't. He's the best astronomer. Except, no, he is. He's amazing. He is. Yeah. <laughs> 
funny. No, he's he, he's. I mean, he is he is great. Again, there there are people who are scientists who share their enthusiasm, and they're uh, like uh, they're people who don't have a lot of experience who can talk to you at your own level phil is one of those few scientists that he's got all he, he know he can understand all the all the papers he understands not just the pretty pictures of uh, of these pictures but also here's what it means here's what it opens up here's what you're actually looking at uh, so if just google bad astronomy it will it will show you a, a blog on the sci-fi channel it will show you an instagram it will show you a, a twitter also he has he has adorable uh, he has adorable horses and uh, little goats. goats on his farm yeah <laughs> well, you both know Phil. Oh yeah, I mean, I've I've yep. only emailed him a couple of times, but yeah. I've uh, been a fan for more Huge. than a decade. He's great. Uh, he does have a blog post on SciFi dot com on the first images from uh, the James Webb Space Telescope. Uh, it's really really exciting, uh, and his his enthusiasm, of course, is completely yeah communicable. Hmm. Uh, I have just been informed this is your twentieth appearance. A Mac Break Weekly. Oh, who knew? I, I knew. thought you were the new guy. Well, I made a lot of appearances back in the day, and then um, I started getting used on Twit a lot. We love you think so much. I, we put you on the big boy show, and and it was also um, easier to get up here on on yeah. the weekend. Yeah. I think maybe it was part of it too. Yeah, but yeah, twenty times on Mac Break Weekly. Who knew? I, I just I, I didn't. Jason, I am so thrilled to have you. I yeah, wanted to get you on this show forever and ever and ever. Well, I'm, I'm happy to um, oblige. There aren't many people who could <laughs> fill uh, Rene Ritchie's shoes, so we're so thrilled to have you on a regular basis. Yeah. Uh, Jason will be in studio whenever he can, but often uh, on Zoom, just like yeah. everybody else. That's fine. I mean, uh, don't you love fine. being surrounded by TVs? I don't mind it at all. <laughs> okay. In fact, I really yeah. don't want to have anybody around me. All right, well, I'm out of here. I like then. to be alone. No, what's your <laughs> before you do that? Your pick of the week? Uh, well, since I, I'm new here, I get to replay some of my favorites and tell people about them who may not know about them. In this case. It is uh, an app called Swift Bar, which is free. There's another app that's very much like it called X Bar. These are apps that live in your menu bar. That's what they do. And they and what do they show? Anything you want. <laughs> that's why it's such a, a scant web page. Well, you got to click to go Swift through to the... Swift Bar.app. It's, like it's like a GitHub page. You've got a great review at sixcolors.com. That's probably it, where you should You can see it go. there, and there's a yeah. screenshot down there. The idea here is you can take anything that runs a script. It can be an Apple script. It could be a shell script. Yeah. It could be a JavaScript. It could be a Perl script. It could be a Python script. It doesn't matter. You run, what, what Swift Bar does is it runs the script. You put the how often you want it to run in the file name, and it puts the results in the menu bar. And you can have as many of these plugins as you want. So it can do something like be a shell script that does an Apple script request to the music app to query it about what song is playing and what the show art is or, or you know the pod, the, uh, the the album art so if you really want a giant menu bar yeah <laughs> i i don't but i do use the uh the temperature so i've got a weather station I, at home i love that and i am querying my weather station every five yeah. minutes or so and it puts That's the current nice. temperature in my backyard in there but That's literally nice. if you are a nerd and have the ability to do scripting of any kind as long as you can get that script to output text and Swift Bar has a very specific uh, format of like what goes in the menu bar and what goes in the uh, menu item when you click on it. It's got a plug-in system so you can download plugins that other people have written. You can make your own. And then they just hang out in the menu bar. So yeah, I've got one that shows the air quality and one that shows the temperature. And if you click on it, I actually have one that um, shows me the forecast that I'm actually querying Apple's WeatherKit API, their web API that they just opened up and writing a little, uh, generating a little, uh, a little chart. And displaying that when you click on the menu bar item. So basically, if you ever wanted to have some ambient data on your Mac menu bar 
and you are capable of running, you know, writing a script in some language, you can use Swift Bar to put it in your menu bar. And I love it. This is one of my favorite things is just little basic ambient data hanging out in my Mac menu bar. And it looks like there's some plugins. There's uh, lots as of well. them. Swift yeah. Bar and XBar both have a whole bunch of community generated plugins. I think this started as an app called BitBar, which sort of morphed into XBar, and Swift Bar was a replacement for BitBar. So, you know, the guy who wrote it was wanting to track like Bitcoin prices. But oh, the fact oh, is, funny. he very, very quickly realized it could literally do anything. Yeah. And it's got support for SF symbols, Apple's symbol library. So you can very easily just uh, have your script write out the name of an SF symbol and it puts the symbol in your menu bar. So you can make them look pretty great uh, pretty quickly. And there's other terminology if you want color or you want it to be a hyperlink so that when you pull down on the menu and select something, where does it take you? And the script can generate all of that. Swiftbar.app. I, <laughs> the only thing I hate about the new MacBooks is this, the notch, which dev- <laughs> takes a big chunk out of my menu bar. I actually have to use Bartender so that I can use my sure. menu bar because I'll add stuff Me and too. it just disappears under the notch. So I presume this works with the Bartender. It does works great with Bartender. Perfect. Um, Perfect. You can do, in fact, I, I use Bartender with it. So some of my ambient things are always visible and others are only visible ah. when I mouse up to see them, Even better. which works great. Well, but it's like the best part is that it's so simple. It's dead simple. In the end, the output is just some text in a format that SwiftBar uh, specifies. And what that means is whatever you're comfortable with. I had one that fired off an Apple script, right? Like it could be, doesn't have to be one. So many of these tools that we get, so many different macro languages and third-party apps, they're like, you have to use JavaScript or you have to use whatever we, we, we determine. And SwiftBar doesn't care. It really doesn't care. As long as you can execute it, it'll work. Yeah. What do you code uh, your SwiftBar plugins in? These days, I'm mostly using Python. I taught myself oh, Python good. last year, and yeah. I really like it. Yeah. Um, now I'm realizing that there are a lot of apps that want JavaScript, and I'm terrible at JavaScript. Oh, don't learn JavaScript. Um, <laughs> but I know enough to be dangerous, but Python is, is what I yeah, prefer these language. days. It used to be AppleScript. I started, it was all like AppleScript sure. and Shell scripts. But, yeah. but now, yeah. it's, uh, now it's mostly Python. Jason Snell, we got a guy uh, here in the seat. I'm really happy. It's really great to have you, Jason. It's great to be here. Sixcolors.com. Uh, he will put his podcasts there or relay.fm. Yeah. Work on that API. Incomparable.com. <laughs> and uh, we will, uh, we're going to, of course, Jason's always had a page on the Twit People page, but we'll make sure that we add all the podcasts oh, there so if they're many. not already there. because. <laughs> yeah, I'll just plug a different one every week, and in about six months, we'll get to the end of the line. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> if I haven't started new ones by then. GBH, the three letters you need to know if you want to hear a not go when? Uh, next Friday at 12.50 usual time p.m. As I'm going to be back at the Boston Public Library uh, studios. And there's a coffee shop. they got sandwiches. They, you have to pay for the coffee and the sandwiches and the cookies. But uh, sit down. Have a great time. Enjoy the enjoy the Boston Public Library. Check out also the – they also keep uh, the live streams both on uh, WGBHnews.org but also on their YouTube channel. Last week's uh, – on uh, July 8th had a great – had a great conversation with WGBH's arts editor about – about uh, AI that generates art that was like you know but, but, but no no let's, let's let's not go to the mayor I know we have to interview him but let's keep talking this was a great conversation uh, so yeah it's uh, it's we have a lot of fun there awesome thank you for being here it's somebody who says every week ask Andy about his blog I, could, I can uh, it's 
I have a, I now have a target date. It is now it is now actually up and working. And now we're doing that as as Jason might be able to appreciate. Now it's like oh, but I want people who want to give me money to give me money. How do I wire ah, yes. that up? And I'm getting, but it, but it's that the solution has been selected now. Someone is helping me out with that, and we're wiring wiring oh. it up. So I was I was ho- I, I was asked. hoping to. Ha- I was hoping to have it up and running in time for WWDC, but also telling myself that it has to be ready to go. You know, I don't, I don't want it to be one of those things where, oh, don't try to do this yet. Oh, oh, oh sorry, you shouldn't have clicked on that. Uh, but yeah, I, I want, I want to make one announcement, and then you will see like all the content I've been making for it for a long time. Very when it was nice. just in beta mode i will be i've i've your you and jason of course are going to be on the beta list once i can like show it to show it to show it to people who can say uh yeah that that term has that that term is not really relevant anymore now that uh cobol is no longer the predominant scripting language you might want to take that out of that masthead but uh ihn i have no idea how to spell an echo but you do now (laughs) ihnatko dot Calm, steadily slouching toward Bethlehem. Is that the title or just a, uh, a, a, a placeholder? Just a placeholder. No, no. But but the the fun the fun thing is that the placeholder that I had would turn out to be the real name because like oh that's his kind of snappy. Great. Let's yeah. S S T B. Um, I thank you, Jason, for not only being on the show today, but you participated in our Discord, which is wonderful. Thank you. Love it. A lot of uh, uh, back and forth in the Discord. Now, the Discord is one of the ways you can chat with us. We have an IRC as well, irc.twit.tv, which Jason was... uh, Did you get in there? Yeah, I did. Because he was looking for an iPad app. What did you end up... I ended uh, up... Well, I already had been using Colloquy back in the day. Yeah, I like Colloquy. got Colloquy back. Yeah. Uh, You can also use the website, irc.twit.tv, and that works uh, fine as well. Uh, If you'd like to be in the Discord, and I'd like to invite you to do that, uh, very simple. You just have to join Club Twit. Now, it does cost you money, 7 bucks a month, but what do you get for that? A lot. Ad-free versions of all of our shows. Access to the Discord, which is not just a place to chat about the shows during the shows, but really conversations about everything from coding to uh, camping to travel to sport to hardware, IoT, sci-fi. Stacy's Book Club is in there. We have the Untitled Linux show in there. And we use it to launch new shows. Uh, this Week in Space launched in our uh, Club Twit Discord. We've got another one coming up with uh, one of our favorite hosts. And uh, you also get the Twit Plus feed, which has material that wasn't in these shows, but uh, what would have been on the cutting room floor, but is now part of the Twit Plus feed. All of that at twit.tv slash club twit there's monthly there's annual there's corporate memberships and uh, it's pretty important to us at this point it really uh we're, we're really helps us uh, develop new programming we have a we have a pretty lofty goal for new programming we'd like to do it but of course when something on a show's brand new there's no advertising for it uh so uh you and your support in the club really make that possible thank you thank you very much actually i think alex is uh, our next event yeah thursday 9 a.m ask me anything with mr Lindsay, and then july 28th the members fireside chat aunt pruitt is the community manager in the club twit i will twit.tv slash club twit thank you in advance i will not be here next week micah Sargent is going to host uh jason andy and alex because we're doing our twit cruise next week a hundred i was been saying 103 but i think there's 120 people 
It's a big nice. group. He used to do the Geek Cruises. Absolutely. Those are fun. Those were you a lot took, of fun. Yeah. Had some good, yeah, good times with Andy. Andy on Andy's the, on, done those on too. The boat, yeah. On the Mac Mania, yeah. So maybe we're bringing back uh, Geek Cruises in, a, in some form or fashion. Nice. <laughs> the Twit Cruises. Yep. We're uh, going up to Alaska. Paul Therott and uh. his wife, Lisa and I. Uh, the Alaska cruise leaves Saturday. Uh, we'll be going up to Seattle on uh, Thursday and then taking off on Saturday. So I'm going to miss the whole weekend and the next week, and I'll be back on the 24th. So I'm only going to miss one Mac break weekly. Thanks in advance, Micah, for doing that. You'll be able to watch Tuesday, in fact, every Tuesday, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, 1800 UTC. The live stream, audio or video, is at twit.tv slash live. If you're watching live, as I said, chat at irc.twit.tv or in the Club Twit Discord. Yes, we're going to get a new hero image there. We have to <laughs> have to use the magic eraser and erase uh, <laughs> Renee Ritchie. It's, it's, we could do oh, it. No. I think we could do it. We have a way. Well, the yeah, the, the, the thing is, like with, with iOS 16, we can just drag Jason off of like one picture and just put him right on top. Have the uh, Jason outline. Uh, there is also uh, at that website, there are copies of the show. With the ads in, of course, but they're free at twit.tv slash mbw. There's also a YouTube channel dedicated to Mac Break Weekly. And uh, the easiest way to get the show, like any podcast, subscribe in your favorite podcast player. Do me a favor. If you do subscribe, uh, leave a five-star review. Let, us, let the world know about Mac Break Weekly, now in its 17th year of macking and breaking. That's it for us. Now get back to work, because break time... Is over. Bye bye. Is that an iPhone in your hand? Wait a second. Is that an Apple Watch on your wrist? And do I do I see an iPad sitting there on the table? Oh my goodness! You are the perfect person to be watching iOS today, the show where Rosemary Orchard and I, Micah Sargent, talk all things iOS, TVOS, WatchOS, HomePod OS. It's all the OSs that Apple has on offer, and we show you how to make the most of those gadgets. Just head to twit.tv/ios to check it out.